I remember the stuff about like gran- Granny's peach tea or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember her telling the story in the in this cut. In the ultimate cut, yeah. No, she tells it in the Does ultimate she? cut. Yeah, yeah, it's whenever uh, her and uh, Lex are having that conversation in his uh, right before he. Uh, Right before the Jolly Rancher. Uh, no, no. Right before he makes that comparison with the painting on the wall. Oh, okay. Where it should be upside down. Yeah. It's like seconds before he says all that, so. Anyway. Um, before we can get to that, we gotta get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I'm Greg Vance. I'm Ryan Downing. And uh, each week we take apart... Well, I keep on saying we take apart each fucking week as I begin, but... It, we don't a little really take bit of apart. both. We, we, well, we run, yeah, we... run down the movie, but then we also take it apart and break it down scene by scene. But... We give you the rundown. It's more like a... This is a spoiler cast of a movie that you've probably already seen at this point. This movie came out in 2016. Um, yeah. yeah, 2016. And uh, we started off with uh, Man of Steel. Now we're moving on to Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. As I, as I said, rundown, the only thing that came to mind was I wanted to make a, a reference to The Rock and Sean William Scott. And I was like, well, both of us are Sean William Scott. Neither of us are The Rock. Fuck, that won't work. Um, yeah. uh, It'd be a very different movie. <laughs> right. Uh, as a side note, if you have not seen this movie, for whatever reason, this movie is, this movie is so fucking divisive. Like, there are people being bullied on Twitter over this damn movie. Hell, there there are diehard fans of this movie that will not take any sort of criticism whatsoever. Careful, ever. DC, you're getting awful close to Star Wars fandom over here. <laughs> yes, um, I I almost set, almost bet that, that diagram fucking intersects with one another because oh, absolutely. Just the the level of I, I want to say I almost bet the circles intersecting with one another of the people that fucking hate Last Jedi but love. Dawn of Justice are almost a complete circle. Because the amount of people that hate Last Jedi is astronomically high. Well, for, first off, let's just go with... Um, <laughs> as as a Star Wars fan, mm. the only community that I've been a part of that is more toxic mm. than Star Wars mm. fandom is, like, League of Legends. Uh. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, something Star- something I love dearly, and we'll get to it whenever as a as a terribly toxic fan. Yeah, base. and we'll get to it whenever we get to the franchise. But the Star Wars franchise, there was at one point when during all the fucking like Last Jedi vitriolic hate for it, I was like, I'm about done with all this because this is fucking. Ridiculous. And then the Mandalorian came out and yeah, um, hoisted all of Star Wars onto his back. <laughs> I was like, I got this. Uh, anyway, we're talking about Batman versus Superman, and the only reason I bring that up is because I think in this movie it also points out, it makes a comparison of what Superman is to the world, but I also think it, I'm not sure if it's doing that it or just this is the way I feel about the movie after the fact everybody's like, fuck this movie. Um, it makes a comparison about how Superman's always going to be a divisive character. No matter what side you're either, of the Yeah, you're either for him or against him. I doubt that it was the comparison that people were making, or that uh, Zach was making whenever he made this movie, of just, you know, people loving and hating this movie, but 
being that it is in 2020, four years after the fact, depending on who you talk to, you either really love this movie or you really hate this movie. And there's very few people with the in-between wishy-washy feelings. So, anyway, get to this movie. Uh, it starts, uh, it's written uh, by Chris Terrio and David Goyer. And Chris Terrio is someone that won, uh, I think, like a Academy Award for Beautiful Mind or something like that. Maybe. I think so. I know he's, I think he's won an Academy Award or something, so I'm not sure for what. Um, but the... Because the big get was is that he's a award-winning writer that decided to start writing for a comic book movie. Um, and I think, and we'll get to it when we get to it, I think that's the running motif for this, with our whole podcast, we'll get to it when we get to it, because there's a moment in this movie where I was like, clearly this person never read a comic book, because they make a comparison between two people's mothers who happen to be the same name, and they make it a goddamn plot point. Yep. It's clear someone didn't read a fucking comic book. Because nobody fucking gives a shit about the mother's names. Just the... Right, and, uh, and to have it play such a pivotal, a pivot, pivotal part <laughs> right. of the story. That was hard to fucking get out there. I don't know why either. To have it play such a pivotal part in the movie, mm-hmm. it was just... Yeah. Fucking ludicrous. If it, if it was, if it was just like a little like side note that some dopey character made, like oh they're both both mothers are named Martha, then it would have been fine. But to make it a fucking point where, and you know, I'm not. Well, I cannot stand that moment in the movie so much, where when I was watching the theatrical version, like there are moments in this movie in the theatrical version where I was like, okay, that why are we doing this? This makes no sense. But then in the ultimate version, it there are uh, those plot points that then make sense because they go into further detail about what's going on, like the African bullet uh, and that right. whole scenario and everything. Um, but then I constantly stumble across... I, oh, fuck it. I don't even stumble across. I fucking trip over and fall to the ground every time they go to Martha in this movie. Like, I'm... I'm fucking like here for 95% of this movie and then the Martha bit happens I'm like are you fucking kidding me why are we doing this every fucking time um but yeah it's uh, directed by Zack Snyder uh starring Ben Affleck as Batman there's a lot of hate whenever there was and I uh was partially guilty mm. a little bit mm. uh but because of it I actually grew in like because whenever I first heard that it was going to be Batfleck, mm-hmm. I was not very excited about right, it. Right. I was like, I was just like, no, like he mm-hmm. can't, he's not Batman. He's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then whenever I saw the movie, mm-hmm. like he did a damn good job yeah, yeah, yeah. of it. Like he's definitely up there for one of the best. Yeah. yeah in it's, my, it's in my opinion. Him and Christian Bale that are and, pretty um, fucking glueless. And it, it's actually to the point where now, fast forward four years into the future, and we're getting a Batman movie. It was supposed to be with Batfleck, but then yeah, there's lots whole... of fucking ridiculousness happened. Yeah. Um, and I think this movie and Justice League lead to that. And they imploded. They chose um, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. and I'm actually excited. Mm-hmm. Like most people, only yeah. know Robert Pattinson from the Twilight movies right, right, right. and. 
fucking shiny vampires. Well, now most recently Tenet, which I haven't seen yet. Right, I haven't seen that yet either. But but it's supposed to be really good. um, But he's done a lot of indie stuff, and Mm -hmm. he's actually... Water for Elephants is a brilliant movie. He's got some fucking chops. Yeah. And I think that he can... I, th- I think that he can do something mm-hmm, special mm-hmm. with the character, and so I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. In that trailer we got from the DC fandom, I think uh, Matt Reeves says only like maybe like the first third of the movie that we're getting a trailer from, um, and it looks fucking spellbinding. Just him walking through the crime scene and everything with Commissioner Gordon is just right. brilliant. Plus the fucking suit being as dark as it's like it's going to be a dark yeah i think it fucking batman movie. i think we're gonna like we, we got an r version of batman in this movie but i think we're really gonna get an r fucking version of batman in the matt reeves version um because the way he just pummels that one guy in that trailer because he's because robert pattinson the guy asks like who is you who are you and he fucking knocks the guy out you would think that would be the end of it then batman nope. says i am vengeance <laughs> and then just starts Beating the ever-loving shit out of the guy. Just punch after punch after punch. In the trailer, just in the trailer, you're yeah. like, all right, I think he's had <laughs> all right, enough. calm down, dude. <laughs> uh, and, then, uh, and then the fact that the uh, this bat symbol on his chest is the yes, gun that it's murdered of the gun. his parents. Yeah, it's fucking like, brilliant. Like, wow. Uh, it's going to be a dark, yeah. dark Batman. <laughs> anyway, that's not the Batman that we have here. No. And ben I will get, and there will be there are some issues that I have with this Batman mm. that we'll go into um, as we go through. I don't the movie. think it's an acting issue. I think it's more of like a, we're missing a movie issue. No, it's not even it's not even a that it's a character issue that mean? I take effect with. Um, Batman lives by a set of rules. Mm. One of his rules is he doesn't kill people. Well. I think because he's at a point he's, of he doesn't he's give He's got shit. a fucking body count in this movie. Yes, but uh, as with Batman Returns, where he's supposed to be the I'm uh, the knight, I'm Batman type Batman, with Michael Keaton's Batman and Batman Returns, he straight up kills people on that. But I think where this may- movie fails is that we're missing a Batman movie of him going down this road of saying, fuck it, I will fucking kill anybody if I have to. Um, so I forgive it on that level, but I'm also like, mm, do we need to have Batman kill people? Um, I'm wishy-washy, depends on my mood for that day. I'm alright with Don't it. get me wrong, I'm okay with the scenes of gratuitous violence mm-hmm. and, and action-packed sequence, because it's not really even gratuitous violence, mm-hmm. it's just cars exploding right. for most of his bodies in this movie. Yeah. There, um, there, there's one particular scene after he defeats Superman where he basically, like, throws a guy that's about to throw a grenade. He throws a guy into the guy that's about to throw a grenade. They go into a corridor. Bomb is, like, skittering on the ground. The guy yeah. tries to go get it, and it explodes. And the other one that I took issue with was, like, he straight up won a shipping container at somebody's head. No, oh, yeah. And it smashes into the wall and leaves a blood streak all the way down. It's like, yeah, that motherfucker did. Although, to be honest, if you think... Just from the realistic standpoint of what Superman or Batman is, he's a rich white billionaire beating up poor people, um, people that have no other avenue to make money, so they turn to a life of well, crime. And Batman, no, no other beats is the fuck. No, you don't know. 
from us to white cis men, yes, we have opportunities. But say, I don't know, a Latino or a black man, there tends to be a little bit of a disadvantage between those uh, Yes, two a people. little bit of a disadvantage. But that doesn't mean that you have to immediately turn no, to crime. I'm not saying they immediately turn to crime. I'm just saying... Even if it went down, the, I mean, and you you could get into that. That's a theological, or that's yes. a, that's yes. an argument that is far beyond what this podcast is designed yes. for. Yes. I'm just saying we need to give it a little bit of leeway when it comes to Batman killing people because it is a rich billionaire white man beating up potentially poor why, people. Why should it be okay that a rich white man is allowed to kill people though? Then I'm just saying. Either way, it's perfectly fine. If we're going to be okay with him beating the piss out of them to the brink of death, we don't know the extent of the damage that Batman has done before. Well, but most of them... I'm just saying... Most, well, hold on a second, because he doesn't really go after the low-level drug guys. He goes after, like, the Corleone family and, like, the, the, the mafiosos mm. and stuff in Gotham, which are the higher-tier, more affluent... He's not going after Joe Schmo selling a dime bag. <laughs> no, he is. So if it, much. If it, if it leads to him getting information. Well, right, but what I'm saying is he's not going after that guy so much as the... As the yeah, the, but what the, about the henchmen that the he's top. beating the piss out of to get to that guy? Well, they're part of the family. The way that the mafia is Yeah, but he's also not only going after Italian men. He's also well, right. going after like, drug lords of, say, like, I don't know, Jamaican descent. Or <laughs> I'm, not, like that. I'm not... I use the Corleone family <laughs> as a reference point, not as the gold standard. Yeah, but my point is, is that it's a white man beating up minorities at this point. If you break it down, it's a white man beating up minorities, yes. and everybody's fucking fine with that. I'm just saying, if we're fine with that, then give it a little leeway with him killing people. Um, being a, as it may, uh, let's... It's not even one or two people, though. Mm. Like, one or two, okay, fine, I can mm. excuse, like, they were accidents. Mm. But, like, this is it's murder with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, my other point is that this movie also... Uh, it's it's missing the, the plot point of him going down that road. Yeah, of him just snapping. Because we get a little bit of it, but we don't know how he got to this point so fucking quickly in this movie. Like right. he, at the beginning of this movie, he's at that fucking point where he's like, he even makes a point. It's like, how many are still, uh, we've been doing this for 20 years now, Alfred. How many are still fucking heroes? How many are villains? How many are still alive or whatever the fucking line is? He's like, so he's been down a road. We even see the Robin outfit with the fucking like, ha 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 jokes on you all spray painted on the Robin outfit. So something's fucking happened with this Batman. We don't fucking know. Obviously, being comic book fans, yes. we know, but we don't see that in the movie at any point. Right. I, mean, I, 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 I honestly think that you're right. If we would have had a Batman and Robin movie, mm-hmm. um, or even like... Just a Batman movie of just him, where he's starting off as the Batman we all knew, well, no, I mean, and then you, by the end of it... You would get a whole lot more traction with the ha-ha-ha jokes on mm, you yeah. Robin outfit if it was a Batman and Robin movie, and yeah. you lost... Robin. A, but I mean, if we if we had that, and you you had the loss of, mm-hmm. for for lack of a better term, like I mean, he's always portrayed as a as a child, mm-hmm. um, adolescent of some sort. Yeah, that is like the good of mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah. Like he's the good side of Batman. And if you had a movie where you lost that good side. Mm-hmm. Then this darker, like I don't fucking care. I'll just kill right. people. Batman would make a whole lot more sense. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, the, this movie would benefit from another. This and Superman would also benefit from another Superman movie. Because they're, uh, between Man of Steel and this movie, they literally put up on the screen 18 months have passed. Yeah. So Superman's been doing something. What is it? We don't know. Um, but yeah, this movie stars Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, Diana Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Jeremy Irons, Holly Hunter, Scott McNeil, Scoot, Scoot, uh, McNary, and introducing Gal Gadot, or Godot, or however you fucking pronounce it. I think it's it. Godot. Whatever. I'm not 100% sure uh, that myself. As Wonder Woman, which I think is a brilliant piece of casting, and we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. I'm... Former Israeli special forces. Yes, that's what I was about to get to. I was like, <laughs> she's literally a badass. Like the people that she, invented Krav Maga. She is. She is Wonder Woman yes, for all intents and purposes. Um, yes. Except she's not Amazonian. She's Israeli. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, let's jump in this movie. I thought I. Oh, uh, music is by Hans Zimmerman. And, Zimmer, not Zimmerman. Hans Zimmer and uh, Junkie XL. Which is a little jarring to see Hans Zimmer and then Junkie XL together. Like, you saw him doing the score for Deadpool, I think, 1 and 2. Yeah. Um, but to see Hans Zimmer's name next to someone next named to that, yeah. Junkie XL, it, just, it was a bit jarring to see. Uh, but DP is by Larry Fong, who and I also... Mean, you get you get a lot of fucking, like, traction with that name. Like, there's there's a few composers in the world where you're just like, okay... If the film score is done by this person, mm. it's going to be good no matter mm-hmm. what. John Williams mm-hmm. is one of them. Hans Zimmer is one mm-hmm. of them. La- uh, now, because of what Mandalorian has been doing, Lars Gorenson, I think is his name, that does the uh, score for yeah. Mandalorian. Like he, he, the music on that show is fucking brilliant. Like you get, you get some good. Like you just know you're in for something good, yeah. and then to see him paired with. Someone named Junkie. Junkie is XL. Just... It's a bit jarring, but I like Junkie XL's music choices. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he did a bad job either. Um, but it, we also get Larry Fong as the director of photography, and I was looking in the movie, and he also was the DP of, um, The Predator. Huh. I found that fucking fascinating that he was also the director of photography for The Predator as well, and uh, Kong Skull, Skull Island as well. So. Ooh, that'll be fun whenever we get to those movies. Uh, yeah, we will eventually. Because at this point, there's only two... No. Well, no. Three at this point, because uh, Mon- uh, I mean, King of All Monsters is the second one in uh, Godzilla. We've got way more than that. If we want to go back to... Do you want to wanna do the Toho back one? Back to <laughs> Toho. Like, <laughs> we've got all of the Godzillas there. Oh, we've got two... No, three... King Kongs, we've got the 30s version, the 70s version, the Peter Jackson version. Yeah. And <laughs> then, then Kong the Skull, Skull Island. Island. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and then there's another new enough. one coming out. Yeah, it's Godzilla versus King Kong. Yeah. Um, which they, uh, I think it was. I mean, we can, we can even leave that up to our listeners. So, like, yeah, that's yeah. that'll be a potential one that we'll do. We'll do Godzilla and King Kong. But do you want us to go all the way back to the... To the Toho's, to the to the nineteen ninety Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Oh god, yeah. Like, do you want us to do all of that or just the new stuff? <laughs> there's a lot of fucking old Godzilla movies. There's, yeah, there's, there's a, a shit ton. ton. Um, my favorite out of all of them is Godzilla two thousand. I don't know why. It's a more re- relatively newer one of the Toho ones, but I really fucking uh, enjoy Godzilla versus Mothra. 
Yeah. Or uh, the first the first one with uh, King Ghidorah. Yeah, those are pretty good. <laughs> those those are the top two for mm-hmm. me out of the Toho. Anyway, that's <laughs> we're way the fuck off topic now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, this movie starts off with uh, uh, Batman, and I, I wrote this down. It, it starts off Bruce Wayne um, doing a voiceover, or Ben Affleck doing a voiceover as uh, young Bruce Wayne's parents are being buried. And we're cut in between that and his parents being killed, which is an interesting aspect. If you ever read any of the Frank Miller uh, Batmans, we get the, obviously, at this point, we all know the origins of Batman. His parents were yes. killed in front of him by a mugger, blah, blah, blah. They were shot. He was left even, in crime even most, Or even most uh, comic book, mm. or non-comic book fans know mm. Batman's origin story. Yeah. It's kind of like Spider-Man's origin story. We all fucking know. Right. Um, so at this point, we're all kind of like fatigued with the whole Batman origin story. Uh, but I found it interesting that they did it during the opening credits of the movie. Because you're going to have opening credits for the movie. Why not use that time to fill in the Batman origin story in an interesting way? They did the Frank Miller. Because in the Dark Knight Returns, which I think that movie, or that book, influences this movie fucking heavily. Um, we see, uh, through a series of like small like little window panels, of just Batman's parents being uh, murdered. But also in the similar way that it does in this movie where the gun gets entangled with the pearls. With the pearls and... Gun is fired and the pearls break and all that. Which is uh, visually fucking a beautiful scene between the... Uh, right. Yes, it the is. The whole... Absolutely. The mugger and the parents dying and everything. So and I'm, I'm pretty sure... I'm not 100% sure because, I mean, it's, it's obviously like quick cuts and kind of out of focus shots intentionally. But I'm pretty sure Bruce... Or... Uh... Uh... Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne is played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lauren, which is, these two are fucking Walking Dead alum. Lauren Cohen plays his mother. So we have Negan and I can't remember, Lori, I think is her name in the Walking Dead show. Yeah, I think so. As Batman's parents in this movie. So I found that fucking interesting as shit. Um, But then we got uh, Bruce Wayne saying, a time above... A time before there were perfect things, diamond absolutes, how things fall, things on earth, and what falls is fallen. It's him in a very poetic way saying, look, my life was perfect before my parents died. I had the absolute best life, but then something happened. And because of that, I'm now fucked up for life because he if you think about the more philosophical standpoint of what super or but what batman is he's literally a crazy person at this point he has snapped and thinks that he can right society's wrongs by beating up a bunch of people i mean that's what a crazy person does i mean i we would all love to do that but we all have like some sort of like moral standpoint of like no that would be wrong a expensive B. <laughs> well, yes, and it's more the B than the A <laughs> at that point because yeah, that would be expensive, and I don't have the cash to bankroll that. Mm. But if I was left millions and millions of dollars, I would have the money to do it, and I I would be torn because I want to do that, but I also be like I could spend my energy helping actual people instead of like because they're always going to be bad people. But he does both. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, uh, we then cut to uh, 
basically what happens in Man of Steel, only from the Bruce Wayne aspect. Um, and it's just the you see, total destruction of Metropolis. Well, you see him watching it. Yeah, from afar. From, he, he, from he, Gotham. He comes out of a helicopter, sees a lot of from uh, uh, the destruction, like on a coastal helipad or something like that. Gets Jumps into, which is, I love this version of Batman because we don't see this in a lot of Batman. We see him fighting crime, but we don't see Bruce Wayne running into danger. That's one of the things I loved right. about the trailer when we first got it. We got a shot of just, like, everyone's the, running the fuck the away. cloud of debris. Yes. Just flooding out, and you see everybody running away, and you see him running. Yes, in. it's fucking that. That's and that's actually like that. That was that was like the one of the first scenes of the trailer. Mm. And up until we got the trailer, I was like, "Man, screw Ben Affleck as Batman, as Bruce Wayne. Like mm. he's not going to be able to capture either mm. either thing." But as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, "Holy shit!" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. yeah and we'll, as we will go through this movie, we'll constantly be proven like this version of Batman is pretty brilliant up to the point of him killing people. Obviously we already right. talked about that, but, um, I really enjoy Ben Affleck's Batman. And, uh, like I said earlier, like it's pretty comparison, comparable to, um, Christian Bale's Batman. Like yeah. Michael Keaton's Batman. I think people enjoy because of the nostalgia reason reasons, but the Batman on a whole, he's a pretty, like the Michael Keaton Batman is a fucking dick. Yeah. A lot of the times. Like, he, he chastised Alfred numerous fucking times throughout both those movies. And I'm just like, well, he's helping you. Why are we being a dick to the help? Um, anyway. Well, you don't really see um, Alfred being treated like a person until you get to Bale's Batman. Oh, that's true. And then he's, like, a mentor. And mm-hmm. he's... I, I wouldn't say that, once again, this is something that... We probably would have, or we would have definitely benefited from a Batman movie mm. before this, but they have kind of a similar. Yes. Well, um, yeah, he he's trying to be nice to Alfred, but he's also being a bit of a prick in this movie. Yeah, well. we get we get kind of a mix between mm. the the he's the help mm. and but, he is my. But Alfred is also kind of a dick to him as well. Shit. Yes, Alfred is kind of a dick to him in this as well. Speaking of Which Alfred's, is fine. Yeah, speaking of Alfred's, um, Michael Caine is like the gold standard. Yeah, he is phenomenal in yeah. all three movies. Mm-hmm. He is like the perfect Butler version of Alfred. Yeah, and, and Butler and sounding board off of because he's always the voice of reason for the Bale Batman. But in this one. I think like Jeremy Irons, oh yeah, yeah, is a fucking tour de force. Like he is, he is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But he is he is closer to the Alfred that Batman would actually have to have. Mm-hmm. Like the one who, because you see, you see like Michael Caine's like bringing him food and tea mm-hmm. and but not really doing anything other than having strenuous, yeah, or like any of the other. Stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It's a, that Alfred would need to be able to do. We got a storyline of Alfred being part of the SAS, the British uh, Special uh, Task Force. Yeah, and I think it's like Grant Morrison first introduced that of Alfred being like a former like spy type character. Um, so they continue that in the Bale Batman, but we don't really get that aspect other than him talking about. Well, I had this 
one guy that was just a terror to this community in Africa. Sometimes he just want or some people just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, that burn. whole story. Um, in this but one, in this one, you get him doing like showing physicality mm, at some point. Like, mm. I mean, granted, it's just like he's splitting wood, but but he's also building parts of the bat suit whenever we see him uh, right, toying with right. the voice modulator, uh, working on the Batmobile. There are different aspects that we don't really see Alfred do other than just him talking to Batman. Right. So, and and so we get we get a more hands-on Alfred in this movie, yes. which I like. And I also like the fact that he's kind of a dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like Yes. He, like in Bale's Batman, you had Michael Caine trying to give him guidance on what to do. Right. All that, giving him stories and but shit. But in, in, in this, this one, one... In this one, you he's get... He's doing something similar, but he's also saying, you're a fucking idiot. You get, you get the... I, I want to say the more parental role, because yeah. basically, since the Waynes died, yeah. Alfred has been all... He's been mom and dad. He knows. He's been, he's been the parent. Mm. And in this movie, you get a little bit of that, like, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> That parents get. Um, anyway, we're still at the beginning. Of the yeah, we haven't we haven't really made it anywhere yet. Um, so Batman's basically uh, ducking and weaving through traffic, trying to fucking get to his uh, tower, Wayne, Wayne tower, tower in Metropolis. In Metropolis. Uh, and all this destruction is happening, and he's talking to the uh, I think he calls him Jack in the building, and he's like, "Look, Jack, you're gonna have to get the fuck out of there. There's just a few floors be- below you. Get everybody out of there. Shit's going down." Um, so everybody gets out, uh, Jack stays behind for whatever reason. I don't really explain why Jack stays in the building. No. Um, but it, Bruce is trying to tell him, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. And then you see just lasers come arcing behind Jack. Um, as it's basically that scene from Man of Steel where Zod is, uh, struggling with trying to keep control of the laser eyes that he right. has at this point. Um, so the destruction's coming down on around Jack and Bruce Wayne loses connection with Jack and he's like freaking the fuck Bruce Wayne is freaking the fuck out not sure what the hell is going on. He runs like we've talked about he runs into the big dust cloud of like shit's going down he's willing to fucking put himself not even as Batman just as Bruce Wayne put himself in harm's way to try to help people. Um, Which he does. He uh, he runs in the dust cloud, and we see. And this is one of the minor scenes that are between the ultimate cut and the theatrical cut. In the theatrical cut, you don't see him first running across a like teacher and her students. For whatever reason, they cut that from the theatrical cut. Which, all right, I, it added a nice like little like menace to the scene. Anyway, I don't know why right. they would cut it. Like children in the middle of all this debris and the teacher trying to be like, look, we need to stick together, all that type of shit, which is just crazy as all fucking get out to see. Because it's one thing to see adults dealing with uh, just... I would, I would say that was more for timing reasons than anything else Maybe, because yeah. you also get the scene a little bit later of him saving the, saving the little girl. Yeah. Um, in the... Yeah, I, I think... In the theatrical version and the ultimate cut, I think it, he's still saving the girl. I just don't think it happened. It like it takes a minute in the ultimate version because I think in the theatrical cut, I think they hold on Wally and Batman a little bit longer. Yeah, I think those are just minor things that they changed, and we'll get to the major differences later on. Um, but yeah, he sees one of his employees on the ground pinned below like some sort of like steel, steel yeah structure. Um, he's which. There has to be somebody on set being like, are we really going to call this character Wally? Because he's 
because everyone thought Scoot McNary was going to be Wally West because his oh. character name for the longest time was just Wally. So we automatically assumed that uh, this version of the Flash, Wally West, was going to be in this movie. We weren't sure how. The, I almost bet that was basically a way to just red herring everybody because yeah, I would I would agree with that. Uh, but because he calls him like Wallace and he's like, oh, you, your name is Wally, right? We're gonna call you Wally and. He just looks at him and he's like, you're the boss, boss. I'm like, why are we being shitty to him right now? Like, he didn't cause any of this destruction. Like, right out of well, I don't, like, I don't even Wally's necessarily being shitty to him. I don't even necessarily, like, at least my, my takeaway from that was not that he was being shitty and like, you can call me whatever you want and I don't fucking care. It was more like genuine surprise. Like, you're, you're the, you're the boss. Mm. And you're here, mm-hmm. and that doesn't make sense. Like, you're in danger. Yeah. Like, why are you in danger? Right. This doesn't compute with a rich billionaire right. trying like, to physically help people. Um, but as he's helping that, as he's helping him, a bunch of people also help Batman lift they, up the Yeah, they lift up the girder, order. pull him out. Um, which I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to do. Like, if somebody's pinned under no. that. And I'd almost bet... Especially because their legs them. with their uh, femoral yeah, arteries anything and stuff. Anything can fucking shift. And at this point, he's basically... His arteries and shit are pinched off from bleeding out. We don't see that in this movie, obviously. But if it's kind of like taking a, a knife out of a stab wound. If you if something happens where you get like some sort of... Uh, like some A rod or something uh, like jammed into you. You're the not worst thing you can do it. is remove it. Because all that stuff is basically being basically blocked off and the moment you rip off or rip out this knife or uh, a metal bar or whatever maybe in, uh, embedded in or embedded into you you're basically going to open right the only up. the only time you're supposed to move somebody like that is giving real life advice right, right. out of a movie because you know all the people that, that watched the movie were like, oh, my friend got trapped under a steel girder last week. I didn't know what the fuck to do. Thanks, Batman v Superman. I'm going to know what to do next time. Right. Like, the only the only time you're supposed to remove somebody from that predicament is, mm. A, if you have paramedics, like, on mm, hand. Yeah. Or, B, if you have no choice but to move them. Right, like, right. if... If they're in imminent danger from something else. And Wally was not in imminent right. danger. He was just pinned under it. Right. He was just pinned. Um, there was I can't feel my legs. The only other thing that I would change about him being pulled out of there is just tie off his legs. Yeah. Just just quickly take a tie, tie off each leg, and then, then move him. Because obviously you're cutting off the blood flow over those legs. He's going to lose those legs. They were basically crushed underneath that steel girder. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's going to lose legs. Right. Um, but anyway, as they're, uh, rescuing Wally, Batman then sees, uh, a little girl, like, in the midst of, like, all this debris and shit, and it's starting to come down on top of the girl. And Batman quickly runs over to the girl, grabs her as the debris... Bruce sp- Wayne, not Batman. Whatever. Uh, um, as Bruce Wayne, uh, grabs her as the debris and shit hit the ground, and narrowly escaping, uh, her being killed. Um, and he's looking at the girl, he's like, where's your mother, where's your mother? And the girl's just no, fucking well, distraught. No, it's... it's- it's okay, you're safe. We're going to find your mom. Like, do you know where your mom was? And she just looks up at Wayne Tower. Yeah, it points up at the, the basically, like, open fucking skyscraper at this point. Right. And, that, and then you get to see, like, the hatred and the anger mm-hmm. just build on Batman. Mm-hmm. Or on Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Wayne. 
Scott's face mm. as he's looking up at. It's the scene where uh, after they've been tossed into space, and then uh, Superman punches him back down, and they go through that uh, sat the like uh, I think it's like Wayne Industries satellite, and yeah. as they're crashing through it, all this debris and shit's flying to Earth around them as Zod and Superman are crashing to Earth, and you see uh, Batman looking at all that just pissed off that all this fucking destruction happened. Um, we then cut to 18 months later, and what's the, is it, is it the Indian Ocean scene? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. It's just a yeah, couple of characters yeah. in the Indian Ocean from Man of Steel. We don't know what they're doing. We just see the, uh, uh, the world terraforming engine thing that was at, in the Indian Ocean from Man of Steel. Just chunks of it in the uh, sea. Uh, we see two characters like tying themselves off on a boat as one of them dives into the water and uh, like breaks apart some sort of rock formation. Well, they, yeah, they pull it up onto like an island. Mm, that's it. Yeah, and it's just a big like bubbly mm. thing. Yeah, it looks like uh, almost like uh, rocks that you would see after a volcano have has erupted. Like just the layers on layers and layers of bubbling and just sediment. Of, of something hot that yeah. fused with everything around mm-hmm. it. Um, and then they break it open basically like it's a geode. Yeah. And they find a huge piece of, of kryptonite. Kryptonite. Uh, the next scene is then uh, Finch. And it's the first scene that we get with uh, Finch and uh, Lex Luthor. They're going through, um, like, Luthor's giving Finch and his her assistant or co worker other senator the one he puts the jolly rancher yeah. into the mouth um i'm pretty sure it's another senator i think so as well um because the deal that he strikes with this right he would have to be a senator right to uh, be able to and yep. lex is basically pointing out like hey look uh clearly there's aliens on this planet on our planet we need to do something about it and he's running through all the things that they're able to do with zod's body um they found this a huge chunk of kryptonite. Well, they took a piece well, of they, kryptonite. No, they found a small piece of kryptonite in Metropolis. Oh, okay. And they took it to Zod's body, and they checked to see what it would do and mm. saw what it would do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "But I found a huge piece in the Indian Ocean. in the Indian Ocean. Yes, and I would like you guys to help me import it uh, to." Mm. To here, so we can craft a weapon to be able to take care of uh, the aliens that are among us. Because uh, the beauty of of making a silver bullet is you don't necessarily need to use it. Yes. Just the threat that you have it is yes sometimes enough. Um, he's trying to make uh, I guess a run at Senator Finch, saying, "Hey." Uh, I need access to the alien spaceship that crashed in Metropolis, and I need access uh, to something else. Because he has access to Zod's body. He wants Zod's body brought to him. Oh, that's right, because he was able to experiment on it with the kryptonite, but he needs... Where it was. Yeah. Uh, But he wants uh, to do more extensive tests on Zod's body. We don't know what that is, he just wants to do more tests on it. Um, and he also wants the giant piece of, uh, kryptonite brought in through, like, a special, like, import license. Um, and he needs congressional approval to have that done because it's a huge piece of rock and 
it's, it's rock radioactive. With it. Yeah, it's and... got its own issues and shit. Um, so Senator Finch doesn't really say much. She then leaves, and the other senator is left there, and he's explaining, like, look, the senator and I are intrigued by your proposition. What do you need from us? And then we get this weird fucking scene. Um, I like Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I I enjoy some of it. Uh, I enjoy it more in the Ultimate version because of just the, all the, the plates that he's spinning. Obviously, with the African bullet and all that. The, the, all these right. things are because get, of him. You get a better indication of him actually like right. masterminding things. But then I butt against this goddamn Jolly Rancher scene. And this is this is a point of contention for us because mm. I still, even seeing him spinning all the plates, mm. I dislike his portrayal of mm. Lex Luthor. Really? Yeah. Even with like uh, the whole aspect of him being like, because uh, in the Gene Hackman version of Lex Luthor, it's just a man wanting more land. But in the comic book version of Lex Luthor, he's pissed that he is the he sees himself as the pinnacle human being, and then. Superman comes on the scene and he's not, and he's jealous. Right. He's not he's, uh, incompetent and he's fucking just insane with trying to best Superman in the comics. So and that's what we get with this one. The, Other my, than the Jolly Rancher scene, my my problem with it is not is I mean, this is probably going to make me sound like an asshole, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like he tries to portray him. Like someone who is on the spectrum, mm, yeah. Um, like like Aspergers or high functioning autism, autism or something like that. And that I, I bothers I me. I mean, argument. we we kind of went into that with um, the predator, with the predator, mm-hmm. like everybody or people suggesting that's the next stage in human evolution, and so that's why he thinks that he's a top tier mm-hmm. pinnacle human being. But like, you don't. You don't need it. Like, it's mm. it's an unnecessary layer. I see him, because we also see... Because, like, whenever you see him, like, have immense issue mm-hmm. talking... Yeah, in his uh, in that gala thing that he does. Yeah. He, he it, loses his shit. Like, that whole scene, just, mm. I'm just like, really? Like, like you it. are so much better put together than this. Yes, I get it. Um, but I also see that the comic book version of Lex Luthor, he is being a petulant child about a lot of it. He thinks that he's the best human being to ever exist. Right. And that's right. what we kind of get in this uh, version of Lex Luthor. Um, but I also, I understand the rationale to be like, look, this is a bit much for just a character named Lex Luthor. Let's reel it back a bit. Because um, uh, Lex Luthor, uh, also being a petulant child, on the surface... To people, he wouldn't have lost his shit at a gala. He would have been smooth, suave, right? He would have. He charming. would have been able, like, there's certain. Whenever he's told no, sure, yes, but just giving a speech mm. at his own like gala. at his own function, mm-hmm. like he would be put together enough that, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I under I understand some of the scenes, like the like the um, him getting angry whenever. The senator's like, no, you can't. Yeah, yeah. in his office stuff. And, yeah, and getting upset about that, or even like a little bit later, where, or I mean, not a little bit later. It's the tail end of the Martha 
bit mm-hmm. where he's like, I don't like to, or I don't lose. And Superman's like, well, mm. you'll get used to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Yeah, because Superman's response is pretty fucking badass. Yeah, I think it is. It's, you'll get used to it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I don't lose. Yeah. And you'll get used to it. Yeah. It, 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 he's just standing there all stoic, and he's like, you'll get used to it. <laughs> it's pretty fucking badass. Um, but, like, those scenes, I can understand being a petulant child. Even, like, the Martha scene, or mm-hmm. the, the beginning of the scene where he's, like, throwing the pictures of Martha. It's Superman. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you're going to do what I tell you. <laughs> see, I... Like, I I can I can see him being petulant in those yeah. areas, but, like, the the not being able to speak to people in public mm, yeah. whenever he displayed great aptitude walking them through LexCorp. I mean, mm, granted he was yeah. granted he was talking fast and he was a bit erratic and shit like that. Yeah. A little erratic, but like I I understand your rationale to be like I hate everything that Jesse Eisenberg is doing, but I'm also like, it's interesting. It's a way to go about it. It's just in some scenes he goes about it way too way fucking. too much. Far. And this Jolly Rancher happens to be one of them. Um, as as he's talking to the other senators, mm-hmm. like, you know, what do you need? And he's like, I need this imported. And he's like, okay, done. He's like, oh, I also want the alien's bot. Or... I need access to the alien's body in the spaceship or something like that. Or he says he wants access to the spaceship. Done. Mm-hmm. And then... He unwraps he, a Jolly he, Rancher. Some, as he's doing it, he unwraps a Jolly Rancher. Mm-hmm. But then... Um, he somehow kind of like saying it without saying it mm-hmm. says that he wants Zod's body mm-hmm. and the, the other guys like you want his body. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, if you insist. Yeah. yeah. And then as he does that, he then takes the Jolly Ranger. You want this? It's cherry. I don't well, like No, he cherry. doesn't even say, do you want this? He just like puts it out in front of the guy's face and is like, take it. It's cherry. And the dude opens his mouth and he pushes it in and then he licks his fucking fingers. And I, It's just a weird scene. Yeah. If you're looking for... You could easily just said, I could put my dick in your mouth you wouldn't have an issue with because that's what he fucking does. It's essentially an allegory for him basically to be like, look, I own you. I could put my dick in your mouth and you wouldn't fucking give a shit because I own you. Um, we then cut to uh, Lois landing in Africa. Um, and this African scene is a pinnacle fucking scene that is then chopped to bits in the theatrical version. Yep. Um, because she lands in Africa. We see her in the village, in the theatrical version. We see her in the village already in the ultimate cut. She lands in Africa. She's introduced to a guy named Jimmy Olsen, which is iconic, uh, Superman character, Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. They're yep. part of the daily planet. Um, and he's a photographer. He's introduced as uh, Lois as a photographer uh, for the planet as well. And she's giving him a little shit because her old photographer didn't talk as much. Um, they then get escorted to the village uh, by... Uh, is KG Beast part of the crew that takes Lois to uh, the main African war general? I don't think he is. I don't think so but a uh, vehicle rolls up they tell lois to get in they put bags over lois and jimmy olsen's head they are then escorted to this war general in the middle of a fucking like sahara desert or some shit yeah middle of nowhere yes bum fucked egypt um it is then lois is standing in front of the general hoods are r- ripped off 
with her and Jimmy Olsen. They're both standing there. Lois is basically like, look, I'm a journalist because the guy's losing his shit because she's a woman. Yeah, and I didn't know you were going to be a woman. Right, and she's like, look, I'm a journalist first, and you wanted your story told, so I'm here to tell your story. Um, so they start having a conversation back and forth. Jimmy Olsen grabs his camera, starts taking pictures. Uh, in the theatrical version, we just see her in the village, like I said, um, and then this character taking pictures, but we don't know who the fuck the guy is because then right. um, Anatoly, uh, which is uh, his character uh, in the comics, is also called KG Beast. Um, he takes Jimmy Olsen's camera, uh, then just starts breaking it apart, breaking it apart. He takes out the film, crushes the film, and then reveals a tracking device inside the film, shows it to the war general, shows it to everybody in the group, everybody starts losing their shit. He then, Anatoly, takes out a gun, points it at Jimmy Olsen, and kills Jimmy Olsen, which is, I'm all right with. Like, well, a lot of not, people bumped up to the idea of Jimmy Olsen dying in Africa because of KGB. So I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of Jimmy Olsen. Yeah. Um, I'm just not. Like, I get the aspect of the, like, could he get a two-shoes character? Oh, gee willikers, Mr. Clark, or Mr. Kent. Uh, right away, Miss Lane. I, I get people enjoying that character, but it's fucking annoying. Right. Um, but it's not KGB that kills him. Mm-hmm. It's oh, the general. It, is it the general? Okay. Yeah, because the general walks over because mm-hmm. KG Beast like shows, shows him and is like CIA and then he snaps mm-hmm. the the device, the tracking device or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, uh, yeah, the war general. The war general easy. walks over and he's like, "I'm with the CIA. We've been, uh, I've been authorized to negotiate with to him. negotiate a deal." And he also points out that Lois has nothing to do with any of this. Right. Um, yeah, the war general then shoots, shoots him in the face, uh, then takes Lois. They run into a nearby building. He's basically got a gun to her head, excuse me, interrogating her. And then as that happens, we then hear like a light boom off in the distance. Um, and then KG beast looks at his two other men and he's like, he does like a signal of some sort of like wrap it up. And then they start taking out the fucking war general's men left, right, and center. Everybody, everybody fucking goes. Um, and then, uh, with these like, uh, special bullets. Cause at one point, uh, all hell's breaking loose and let Le- or Leia, uh, Lois's journal, uh, that she was writing in was left whenever the general grabbed her left on the ground. Um, as they're taking out motherfuckers, uh, one of the bullets hits Lois's journal that comes into play later on. Yep. Um, so I, I, after they kill everybody, they then take everybody and then put them into like big ass piles, and then just start burning the bodies. And as I was watching the ultimate version, because this burning of the bodies does not happen in the theatrical right. version, we just see characters being killed. That's it. And then they infer later on in the movie that it was Superman's fucking fault. I'm like, well, all we saw was him shooting people, and a logical person knows that Superman, Superman doesn't use guns, right? Uh, but it, further explanation is. Oh, no, they burnt the bodies, indicating that Superman could have just went in and laid waste to everybody with his, like, uh, magic lazy, uh, laser eyes. Lazy eyes? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so they're burning everybody. We then get, uh, like, a CIA team uh, talking to some sort of, like, government drone division because they're about to blow up the place because all hell is broken loose. Like, their agent has basically been taken out. Right. Shit's our, going down. Our person on the ground's dead. We're just going to blow everybody up. Yep. 
and the CIA team's like, no, no, we still got a civilian in there. We, what are we fucking doing? And the government, our government, is like, no, it doesn't matter. It's one person. We need to take him out. This is our chance to take out this general and all his men. Um, and we then cut to a shot, like a tight shot on top of the uh, drone as it's basically flying through the Sahara Desert. And we see it get real close to the uh, uh, point of where Lois is. We then cut to inside of the building that Lois is in and she's being held at gunpoint. He's interrogating her, like asking her why she's doing us all this shit. And then, uh, we then cut to an even wider shot of gay G beast and his men finishing off, uh, their work. They enter into a building and then they see just this figure come out of fucking nowhere and then just run right through the fucking drone and just blow up the fucking drone right before, uh, the KG beast and his men take off. Uh, we then cut back into the building where... Uh, where Lois is. She's uh, basically wrapped in front of the general with the gun just under her chin or something like that. And the cage, or the uh, war general is like, look, I'll kill her if you move one more um, uh, inch. Because uh, at this point, Superman is broken through. He's, Come down through the ceiling, right. standing there all menacingly. Right. And the general's like, you move one more inch, I'll fucking kill her. And then... Clark just gives Lois a look. She calms the fuck down and just lets go. Drops her arms. And then as she does that, Superman, real fucking quick, like, essentially murders this guy because he pummels him through a goddamn wall. Yeah. Breaks Um, every bone in his body. Dude's not surviving that. No. Motherfucker's dead. Um, But then Lois is just left there standing by herself. Uh, She's then gathering her things. She, she, She sees the journal that she was holding at one point, and then she notices that there's a bullet in it. Uh, we then cut to uh, Gotham uh, PD in the middle, because uh, this is also like a, a small scene in the ultimate cut, because we don't see them just hanging out in their squad car before they get t- told to go to wherever this uh, place is that they first come across Batman. Um, but they're in their squad car watching a Gotham football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then get the call that something's going down at this particular address. We need a squad car, car to go there. And it's it's uh, the iconic scene from uh, Dark Knight Returns where it's a rookie and a seasoned veteran on a police force um, interacting with one another. And the veteran's like, look, you're going to love this kid. And they go up and they basically s- enter this building and they see just women held against their will. Uh, own will in like a cage of some sort and they're about to let him out and the woman's like no 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 there's a demon loose in this building we're not leaving this area at all um and the policemen are like okay and then they go and investigate more and then they see the main bad guy in this building beating the shit out of a radiator chained to a radiator with a brand on him um, and the rookie's like, what the fuck? He's starting to freak out a little bit, a little bit. And then we cut to a shot of like a wider shot and you can see Batman in Batman the corner on just the wall, not moving. Like, okay, if he doesn't turn around, I'll be fine. And the rookie turns around, sees Batman, Batman fucking just quickly removes himself from the scene as the rookie starts unloading his shotgun at this point. Yep. Um, and as he's following the sound of where he thinks Batman is, he then fires a shot as the veteran comes through the doorway or like hallway type thing, fires a shot just above the veteran's head and he's like, Jesus Christ, kid. And uh, they basically have this like nice little conversation of, I saw him. I saw him. It was him. Look, he even branded the guy. And we then get, um, 
I, I, I don't think it's the next scene, but I think it's a few scenes later of like Batman's branding people. And we're not, yeah, this is also one of the things I enjoy the aspect of Batman branding people, but I would have enjoyed it a lot better if we would have had another movie of Batman being like, look, clearly getting getting to the point where he's like, I need to brand these people. Yes. Uh, Because clearly just putting them in prison is not working. Let's see how often they break. I, I would almost bet that's Batman branding people like we tag fucking cattle. Um, trying to keep track of who has been in jail before and who hasn't. Um, we then get a... Who he's caught breaking the law. Uh, we then get a scene of Clark at the Daily Planet interacting with everybody, trying to do his normal thing. Um, it's in a conference room with Perry and a few of the other, like Jenny and a few other uh, copyright people. Um He's giving them their assignments. Yeah, their assignments. And Clark is trying to be like, look, I'm hearing this story of the Bat and Go- uh, this Batman character in Gotham terrorizing poor people. And Perry's like, look, crime in Gotham is as normal. He's like, all oh, breaking news. Uh, crime in Gotham. Also newsworthy. Water. Wet. Yes. Um, and throughout this movie, you get Perry White just busting Clark Kent's balls repeatedly throughout this entire movie. Well, I mean, that makes, like... I mean, it tracks. I mean, he's done that before. And he knows, like... I I think that the the newsman has forever been altered by uh, J. Jordan Jameson in the original Spider-Man movies. Like, you'll always get the boss that is more of an asshole now than... Than more of a mentor guy. Right. Like, boss character. Right. Um, we then get, uh, Lois Lane bursting into the conference room, which uh, he also said this line of, oh, here it is. It's a brilliant line that Perry says to Clark Kent, because Clark is trying to, uh, reason with Perry, like, look, people need to know about this menace in Gotham, Gotham, shit's going down, he's changing his ways, it's no longer just him fighting crime, it's him brandishing people. Um, and Perry White's like, look. No one gives a shit. No, the American people don't care about what the Batman is doing. The American conscience, uh, the line is, the American conscience died with Robert Martin and John, which is a brilliant fucking line, which is Robert F. Kennedy, uh, or not Robert F. Kennedy, but just Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and John F. Kennedy. Just those three characters in the 60s, they all fucking went one after the other because of them trying to be somewhat moral. Yeah. Um, Good people. I found that just like a brilliant line. Just real quick, he fucking fires that off. Just Robert Martin and John. It's like, that's fucking brilliant. Um, But then we get Lois uh, bursting into the um, conference room. And she's like, look, there's something going on with this particular uh, incident in Africa. I found this bullet. Actually, no. We missed the, the yeah, scene I was just of about them see, at home. Yeah, because... Whenever he's like, I'm going to... I was going to cook for you and surprise you. Yes. And she's in the... In the bathtub. Like, in the bathtub. Which I... For a split second, I thought we were going to get Lois Lane's boobs in this movie. Because she sits up in the tub and it's like... We are millifucking seconds from seeing her nipples. Because she gets up and... Pop, like, I'd say three quarters of her boob is showing at this point. Because uh, it's just, it was fucking mind-boggling to see in a Superman scene, Lois Lane's boobs. I was like, I'm not supposed to see this. What are we doing? 
And then part of me is like, oh no, I want to see this. Well, let me see Amy Adams' boobs. Ew. Disgusting. <laughs> Gross. Where can I find it? <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, the scene we're talking about that I completely fucking skipped over is uh, Amy Adams is concerned because they're blaming Superman for what happened in Africa. Which, my big question is, if they were planning on just drone striking and killing everyone... Mm. Why do they even care that all these people are dead? Well, I I don't think it's the the American government doesn't care about the people that were potentially going to be dead. Journalism does care, and that's where it comes from. Like the, they obviously didn't get the memo that the American people were uh, basically paying our government to randomly kill people. They don't know about that aspect. Right. What they do know is that. Superman came into a fucking scene. We then get that uh, uh, like uh, scene as well uh, shortly after them uh, making out in the bathtub of this woman basically being like, look, my parents were in that village. He killed my parents. Both of them completely dead at this point. We, this is right. uh, a black woman that's just basically going on this tear against Spider- or Spider-Man, against Superman saying, hey, he went in there with no fucking care in the world. Destroyed fucking everything. Killed fucking everybody. Didn't give a shit. Um, and we cut to Superman just basically being like, I, he has this look like I have no idea what she's talking about. The only person I dealt with was the general. He doesn't say any of this, but he has this look like, I don't remember like, the this fuck is this at all. talking about? Um, I think it's then we then cut to uh, Bruce Wayne investigating the... Uh, uh, some sort of entity called the White Portuguese. He's not sure if it's a person or what. He's looking for the White Portuguese. Right. And he thinks that he'll be able to find it if he uh, gets... Follows Anatoly, KGB, yeah. into this basically like... Uh, underground underground fighting, ring. fighting ring. yeah. Um, bare knuckle boxing. Essentially, style. yeah. Uh, and there's these two gentlemen, uh, bare knuckle boxing, and the one guy basically falls next to Bruce Wayne... Bruce Wayne helps him up, whispers something in his ear. The guy enters back into the fight and then just destroys the other guy by doing a few simple moves. And he looks back at Bruce Wayne. He's like, yeah, thanks for the tip. And Bruce Wayne just gives him, like, a nod. I was like, the look that Ben Affleck has is like, yeah, I did something good and I didn't have to put on the suit type look. It's really interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, but then we cut to uh, Anatoly's character asking for a drink. Uh, Getting pissed because the guy that he bet on on lost. Uh, He sets his phone down on the uh, bar. Uh, Bruce Wayne walks up beside him, sets his phone down on the bar with a card on top of it. Um, He obviously bet on the other guy. Right. Uh, He hands the card to the guy, and the bartender gives us this look like... This, like, real shitty look that Bruce Wayne won. Um, And then he has this conversation with Anatoly, like... In part of it in Russian, he's like, "Look, that's the only phrase I know. I learned it from a, a Bolshevik ballerina or some shit uh-huh. like that." It's, that's the only thing she taught me, and I bet that's not the only thing she taught you. Right? Uh, he Anatoly drinks a drink and then fucks off, and then well, um, they they say something else, or I forget I forget what the line is, but it's something like he says the house treats luck. Like it's something, and then Anatoly says something back to him, and then they have the conversation in Russian, mm. or like someone's good fortune is someone else's bad fortune mm. is basically what KGB says. Okay, 
Um, and then, uh, yeah, the guy, KGB, walks away, and then Bruce Wayne lifts up his phone, and he, clearly he's been cloning KGB's phone, because we see on this... on Clone complete. On uh, Batman's phone, clone cl- uh, complete. Uh, we then cut to... What is the next scene? I think it's Clark Kent on a ferry. Like, it's hard to keep track of how everything flows from one scene to the next. Yeah. Because there isn't really any particular way that everything connects to one another. Um, We then cut to Clark Kent on a ferry, and we see him trying to investigate... I uh, think headed towards Gotham. Yes. Because he's he's going to Gotham, uh, or he's supposed to be going to Gotham to report on the Gotham Metropolitan or Metropolis football game mm, yeah. that uh, Perry assigned him. That the two cops were watching before they saw right. Batman. Um, which, there's also an aspect in this movie that I've never really thought of. I guess it kind of works. Um, Metropolis and Gotham. They're separated by a good amount of ocean. Um, any other time you think about Metropolis or Gotham, you think of New York and Chicago. Huge amounts of difference uh-huh. between the two. And this is just a maybe a two-hour ferry ride between the two, which is like New York, New Jersey type aspect, which right. I found interesting to do. Uh, I just didn't... Like well, most and people they're, and went, they're rivals. Yes. That's the other... Most people would have went with the... Well, I mean, we got that in uh, the Dark Knight series with Nolan. Like Chicago is a proxy for Gotham. I mean, they, they shoot a good percentage of fucking the Gotham exteriors in Chicago. Um, so there is a good argument to be had that Chicago is uh, the Gotham in the DC uh, EU, if you will. Uh, I just found it really inter- interesting that Gotham and Metropolis are separated, separated by this giant ass Bay area. And uh, we don't, get that in a lot. Like, it was just an interesting way to point out that these two hero characters are right next to each other. Uh, we then right, ca- and they're the, they're the dichotomy of each other, just like Metropolis and Gotham are. Mm. Like, Gotham is dark and bleeding and broken, and Metropolis is this bright, white, shining city. Mm. And they've got Superman, which is, you know... Truth, justice, in the American way, right? And then you've got Batman, who is vengeance on the yeah. other side. Yes. Like they're they're the polar opposites. Uh, we then got we then got we then have uh, Clark Kent uh, just asking people in this particular apartment building where that woman is that made the claim that Superman killed her parents. Uh, nobody knows where she is. She hasn't been in the apartment for a few days. Uh, and this is a whole cut scene from the theatrical version to the right. uh, ultimate version. Because um, this whole sequence isn't in the uh, theatrical version because uh, Superman comes across this guy of, like, look, wherever she is, she's probably long gone. Uh, and you need to be long gone as well because by the time night falls, it becomes his uh, you don't city. You don't want to be around... Because it's his city then. Mm, yeah. And then... He's basically like... And then you get another character from the background saying, basically, like, the only people who... Who fear him. Who fear him are people who need to fear him. Right. Uh, and we just see the old guy, like, scratching on some sort of, like, scratch-off ticket. And we don't... Okay, he's just vigorously, like, scratching off. And uh, Clark Kent's like, who are you guys talking about? And they're like, 
this guy, and he like raises the scratch off ticket, and the guys basically use the like uh, the shaving the scratch off shaving shit to show the form of a bat. Right. Uh, we then cut to, I think it's uh, Clark or not Clark, uh, Bruce and Alfred talking about uh, what the information they got off of Anatoly's phone. Right. Um, and it is that. Uh, what was it? The white Portuguese is connected to Lex Luthor right. in some manner. They're not sure what or who, how, how right. this if, is connected to Lex. If Lex Luthor is the white Portuguese or... If it's somebody that Lex knows, they're not sure. And uh, Bruce is like, look, I need to take out the suit. And Alfred's like, no, you don't. The Batman can't do anything different that Bruce Wayne uh, can in this instance. And Batman's like, of course he can. I can go in and interrogate the man and uh, Alfred's like no we have an invitation to Lex Luthor's gala you can easily get information that way um he then uh Bruce Wayne just looks at him like oh fuck I guess I have to do this uh we then cut to uh Clark no we we cut to the inmate that uh Batman had uh, branded earlier that had the uh, ring of girls trapped in a Uh cage um, he's being brought to Metropolis General or something like that, like uh, in Metropolis, because uh, he was in Gotham something, uh, Gotham Central. He was in Gotham Central. That's it. Yeah. He's in Gotham Central, being held uh, by himself. No one else was with him. He was then brought to Metropolis by the police for they don't really explain just that he was brought to Metropolis. We then uh, see the guy freak the fuck out. He's like, look, I'm branded. Like, he has no shirt on at this point. He's like, I'm branded. They're going to fucking kill me. They're going to fucking kill me. And at the, uh, as an audience member, you're like, what What are you talking about? He's gonna, they're going to kill you. We have no idea what he's talking right. about. Um, he then gets taken back to the gen pop. And another scene we also completely forgot about is that Scoop McNary's character has basically lost his shit. He's pissed the fuck off that he has no legs. Um, an earlier scene is him, like, preparing everything. We think it's a bomb of some sort. We then cut to him outside of Superman's, like, monument of, like, Superman's, uh, like, crouching majestically or some shit. The, the monument to remember all that died during General Zod's attack. Right. Um, and he, uh, when he's at that monument, he... Climbs up on the uh, monument and then sprays what we find out later is like false, false god, god across the Superman crest. Um, as that scene is ending with the guy that's being branded, uh, we then it just smoothly transitions into Scoop McNary's character being released uh, because he's made bail and he's not sure by who, he's just made bail by someone. Uh, Scoot ends up going back to his place. He sees Anatoly and... No, he sees uh, Lex Luthor's assistant, uh, Misty, I think her name is, um, outside of his apartment next to a, like, I guess, decked-out vehicle. He's not sure who it is. He's got groceries in tow behind him on his wheelchair because, yeah, at this point, he's bound to a wheelchair. He's got, like, he's he's Lieutenant Dan at this point. Um, He got no legs. Right. Uh, So he's pissed off at the world. He rolls up into his apartment and he just sees some sort of like uh, character with his back towards him in a wheelchair. And he's like, who the fuck are you? And Lex Luthor spins around and he's in an automatic chair. He's like, look, I'm just looking. I'm someone looking to help. And he stands up out of the chair, shows Scoot McNary the wheelchair. And then we cut to Bruce Wayne. uh, Not Bruce Wayne, but uh, Clark 
at the Daily Planet uh, being chastised by uh, Perry again. For not covering the football right. game. Uh, and Clark is trying to make the argument, like, look, something's going on in Gotham. We need to fi- figure out the, who this bad character is because he's just a complete menace to Gotham. And Perry's like, shut up. I don't want to fucking hear it. Nobody cares about Clark Kent taking on the bat. Uh, he then tells Clark, like, look, you've been invited to do a beat scene for this uh, Lex Luthor gala, birthday, whatever fuck uh, scene. Um, and it's the same thing that uh, Bruce has been sent, uh, given an invitation to. Uh, we then cut to uh, just all this, like, wide shot of all these par- people going into this building, just... Presumably, this is the gala that everybody's been invited to. Uh, Bruce Wayne pulls up. We can cut to a shot of Clark asking another reporter, like, who's that? And the reporter's like, what, you've been living under a rock? That's Bruce Wayne. That's the billionaire playboy that lives in Gotham. And Clark's like, all right. Apparently, that's the name I should know. Uh, We then cut to uh, just a series of scenes of just like uh, Clark, or not Clark, well, yeah, Clark and Bruce just uh, ducking and weaving throughout the, uh, uh, I party. with the other people. Other guests. Uh, We then hear, we hear Alfred on a earpiece that Bruce has, and Clark quickly catches in on the conversation, because obviously... Superman has super hearing. super hearing, so he's able to hear the conversation between Alfred and Batman. And Alfred's like telling him, like, okay, if you go down these staircases, uh, you uh, right across from the kitchen, you'll see a series of servers and shit. You can hook up the device there, and we can download a bunch of information onto it and go from there. Um, we see Superman watching Batman go down into the basement, and I want to say... Like, at this point, we see in, like, a background shot of Wonder Woman in the background. Cause, uh, yeah, she's there. Because uh, she's also there, just weaving throughout. We see her throughout the scene. She uh, comes into play later on. Um, but Batman's in the server room hooking up this device. And Alfred's like, look, it's going to take some time. So you might as well go back up and be human at this point And just commingle with other guests and shit. So Batman fucks off as the device downloads a bunch of information from, like, servers. Um, he's back up there and he, uh, Lex is, uh, asked to make a speech at this gala. And this is the, uh, scene that we were talking about earlier where Lex just has a bit of a breakdown. Um, he's just pissed because he's not the God that he thinks that he is and that Superman is and just all this crazy ass shit. He's talking about. Philanthropy coming from Greek mythology or from <laughs> the Greek meaning to care about the world, yeah. and then uh, he brings up um, what's his nuts that Prometheus that gifted fire to humankind, yeah. and just a lot of it is incoherent blathering. Yeah, he goes from one... Uh, like, there's no real... Non-sequitur to the next non-sequitur. Yeah. It just it makes no sense. He's losing his shit. He, by the end of it, he's like, uh, thank you all for coming, and then he fucks off stage and goes somewhere else. Um, Clark Kent then approaches Bruce Wayne and is like, uh, Mr. Wayne, can I ask you a few questions? And we get this back and forth between Clark and Bruce that's just, just fucking brilliant. 
Um, Clark is asking him, "Is like, what do you make of this bat vigilante running around in your city?" And uh, Clark's like, "Look, uh, Bruce is like, oh yeah, Bruce is like, look, I understand where you're coming from. Anytime your guy fucking saves a kitten from a tree, you write a puff piece about him." Um, I found this back and forth because Clark obviously knows something's up with Bruce. I'm assuming at this point of having the conversation with Bruce about Batman, he's made the connection that, oh, Bruce Wayne is, is Batman. Batman. Um, uh, but at the tail end of their conversation, we have Lex Luthor coming in, basically like, Bruce Wayne, Clark Kent. Oh, who wouldn't love to see the battle of wits between these two or some shit like that? And he's uh, talking up to Bruce about... Uh, about the donation that Bruce made to Lex Corp or something like shit uh-huh. like that. Um, and he's uh, then he turns to Clark and he's like, look, Clark is uh, doing brilliant work at the Daily Planet, yada, yada, yada. And it's just this, these three characters, Lex Luthor, Clark Kent, and Bruce Wayne, all three characters that throughout the comics we've had, we've had numerous interactions with. And it's just fun to see, even though some of us may not like what Jesse Eisenberg is doing with Lex Luthor, it's still interesting to see these three characters interact with one another. Because like I said last week, Batman v Superman was a fucking movie we all wanted to see for quite some fucking time. Um, It was even teased in like I Am Legend with like a billboard in the background of like the uh, Superman crest over the Batman symbol. Uh Uh-huh. It's one of those things we all mystif- uh, mystified uh, and made stories about how we think it would go down. It's just one of those like legends that we didn't think would ever happen, and then we have it in this movie. Um, we then cut to uh, I want to no, it's Bruce, not Bruce. It's um, Clark. Bruce also has a scene in the gala with um, Gal Gadot. Like, there's words oh, exchanged, right. yeah, but I can't remember what's uh, said or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, uh, because Alfred tells Bruce in the middle of that conversation with Lex and Clark and all them, like, hey, download's complete, and go grab the device and get back here. Um, Clark hears that. Uh, Bruce uh, excuses himself from the conversation, goes back down to grab the device, and enters the server room, goes to grab where he put the device, and the device is gone. He's not sure where the fuck it is. He looks around, thinks it fell somewhere. Uh, and then he looks outside the server room and then sees Gal Gadot's character outside and just giving him, like, look, I know what you're looking for. I have it. She fucking, I guess, quickly walks outside because she's outside before fucking Bruce Wayne gets outside. He follows her outside. He sees her get into the vehicle as she looks back at him like, look, yes, what you're looking for, I have. Uh, he's not sure who she is. She's just somebody that took his device that he was downloading information off of Lex Luthor. Um, we then cut to, uh, I think it's Clark back in his, no, it's Lois Lane, uh, I guess storming into the men's room, uh, interrogating uh, General uh, Swanwick from the Man of Steel movie. Uh-huh. Henry, or Harry Lennox's character. He's like, look, I have this prototype bullet. I don't know what it's for, but you have to... Uh, Convince some people to look into the Africa incident because clearly something's up with that. It wasn't Superman that did any of this, and Harry Lennox's character was like, That's not the way I heard it. Like, there were burnt bodies all over the place. Clearly, your boy did something. Um, and uh, Lois is like, Look, you obviously know something's up. 
Um, Harry Lennox's character is like, look, it's classified. Whatever I may know, it's classified. I can't tell you a damn thing. Um, and then he fucks off. She then uh, goes to uh, Jenna Malone's character, which she pops up for whatever reason. A lot of people... Jenna Malone has some uh, celebrity. She was in, I think, The Hunger Games and a few other movies that gave her a bit of celebrity that people thought that she was a character, a particular important character in the Batman uh, Batman versus Superman movie. They thought she was Batgirl at this point. Okay. Uh, she doesn't. She just plays like a lab technician in this movie. So we have Lois talking to this lab te- technician like, look, what's... Like, this bullet, clearly, because she, just by, from, uh, like, a superficial, uh, I guess, glancing, uh, you could see that there's something out with this bullet, because it, it, like, twists and shit, and Lois is not sure. Like, clearly, something's going on, and Jenna's like, look, this looks to be a prototype of some sort, we're just not sure who or from where. Give me a few more days, and I'll be able to figure it out. Yeah, it's basically not mass-produced, it's not... Sold on the black market. It's right. not sold anywhere. We don't know where it's from. Someone made. I'll this. look into it. Yes. Um, so then we get uh, Clark at his desk, and he's given uh, his mail, and he's not uh, sure what it is. He opens it up, and it's just a series of pictures. Oh no, no! We cut to the guy being murdered. Yeah. Uh, this is also part of the ultimate edition, where the guys in Gen Pop just sitting there hanging out. Uh, we then cut to another scene of this like big uh, like menacing gangster looking dude talking to Anatoly, uh, Lex Luthor's right hand gangster uh, Russian guy, and he's telling him like, "Look, can you handle this?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, I can handle it." And they name like I think like some sort of price or something like that. And then uh, Anatoly hangs up the phone. So does the other guy. We then cut to the guy in the same yard as the guy that was branded that was selling women at this point. Uh, he slowly walks over to the guy. You see his hand drop down to his side and a shiv slide into his hand from like his shirt or some shit. Um, and as he walks up to the guy, uh, the guy that was branded stands up to him. He's like, what? And then the stab, 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 just stab, repeatedly stab. stabs the guy and is then murdered in gen pop in front of everybody. Um, so clearly we get an indication that, uh, at this point, both Batman and Superman are being manipulated in some manner because Superman is not a fan of the Batman branding branding people and then putting those people then being put into jail to be targets because of the brand that they have on them. Right. Um, and then Batman is not a fan of Superman, just just Wanton laying destruction waste of... to just different shit. So they both have uh, things against each other. They're just pissed. To all get out against one another. Um, we then get uh, Clark at his desk uh, going through his mail. And one of the things that he's going through, uh, he, it's wrapped in newspaper. And it's just a series of pictures of that guy that was killed. Of like him in the morgue with the brand on him. And with like words like, is this justice? Is this the right? Uh, who gives Batman the right to do all this or whatever the fuck. Uh, and you just see as each picture passes through Clark's hand, you see him getting more and more pissed about the idea. The next scene is Wonder Woman at another gala. And a guy approaches Wonder Woman. Um, it's like, he, uh, he says something like he's very happy with the piece that they just recently got. And it's something that she would be interested in. Cause she's uh, an antiquities dealer of some sort. We just don't know what. Um, he then takes her to uh, what he claims is the uh, Sword of Alexander. And it's just a 
standard looking Spartan type sword. It almost looks like the sword similar to 300, which is directed right. by Zack Snyder. Um, she's looking at it. Bruce Wayne approaches her from behind. It's like, uh, it's a fake. Uh, it's just a replica of the real thing. It's uh, of a, the original is hanging above the bed of a sultan in the Sudan. As I believe what she says. Uh, she finishes off because he's like, it's a fake. As the as original is talking, hanging, yeah, she finishes, she off, finishes the off the story. Um, and then he th- they have this back and forth of uh, him saying, like, look, you have something I want. And she's like, look, Lex has something that I want. And I needed the information off that drive. And I didn't steal it from you. I borrowed it from you. You can then find your device in your glove box in your vehicle. Uh, she fucks off. Uh, he just looks at her like, this is an interesting woman. No one's ever been able to stand up to Bruce Wayne and just... I guess cavalierly go about her day. It's always been, I've been the one walking away from conversations type thing. We then, uh, I want to say, yeah, it's Batman back in his bat cave. He's looking at, uh, his, his computer and he plugs in the device and it says decrypting 1%. And it's just slowly incrementally happening. And then we just see, uh, Batman just looking at the screen, and then we cut to this interesting aspect in the movie. Um, it is Batman, uh, like, climbing on top of a cliff, cliff face, and he's just uh, a desert area, and he has, like, this, like, desert duster on uh, over his uh, uh, regular Batman suit, and he's got, like, some sort of automatic weapon off to his side, and he's just looking at just this, like... Desolate. Apocalypse-type world of, like, Metropolis and Gotham. Um, and you get this wide shot of, like, the Omega sign etched in the ground and shit. You're not sure what it is. Uh, we then get uh, this de- uh, this Apocalypse Batman uh, being introduced to these other characters. And he's like, do you have it? And the character's like, yeah, I've got it. And he opens up the chest and all this green light emits from the chest... And then Batman walks up to it to look at what he's looking at. We presume it is kryptonite, um, but as we reveal, it is just basically a green light two bulb. Green, two green light bulbs. Uh, and then all hell breaks loose. Um, Batman has been uh, double-crossed by this guy, and a few of uh, Batman's men and women, because there are a few women in this uh, group, are then attacked by these like Superman... Uh, Esque force because they have like the Superman symbol on their arm, right? And they're all in like SWAT gear, uh, military gear of some sort, with automatic weapons. Shots are being fired all across the board. Or just complete chaos is happening because also in the sky we see all these like winged characters just flying through the sky, not sure what the fuck is going on. Uh, if you know anything about the comics, you this obviously know. This is also a, a slightly longer scene, I think. I'm not sure. I know it's in the theatrical version. Um, uh, but it Anyway, if you know anything about the comics and stuff, I'll let you finish your point. Oh, yeah. Because you're about to say uh, what they but were. Yeah, if you know anything about the comics, you know who these winged characters are, especially in the same scene or similar scene where you have the Omega symbol etched on the ground. These uh, winged characters are called Parademons. Um, they are controlled by Apocalypse or by Darkseid who uh, runs Apocalypse, which is like big entity type thing where he runs and he, uh, he has Steppenwolf who comes into play later on in this movie and in a future movie. 
uh, uh, Dasad, all these other characters that are part of like a, a Dark Side's uh, general team. Um, we then get uh, Batman just going through motherfuckers left, right, and center, trying to fucking keep his team alive as best as possible. Uh, it's not working. They're all slowly being taken out by the Superman SWAT team. Loyalists. Right. Uh, Superman is able to take out a few of them, but he's just overcome by the sheer Batman force. Is able to or take out a Batman few is able to take out a few of them, but it's just overcome by the sheer force. They, all the Superman men, grab Batman as he's uh, struggling, and then we see a parademon just walk up behind Batman and just knock him the fuck out. Uh, we then make a quick like smash cut to Batman being strung up with a few of his men on either side of him. He's not sure what the fuck is going on. He's still in full regalia with the uh, brown duster, uh, black cow, and everything. He's looking around. He sees a long hallway in front of him with like a, a Superman SWAT team lining that hallway. Not sure what the fuck is going on. He then hears a boom outside of where they're being kept. And then boosh, we see Superman just slam into the ground uh, wherever they are. Like in this underground bunker of some sort. Uh-huh. Uh, and we see Superman stand up slowly and menacingly, and he just starts strutting towards this group of men that are strung up. And you clearly, something has happened to where he's pissed off to no end. He completely kills the other men besides Batman, just takes his fucking uh, uh, laser ability and just fries them in half. Fries him. Uh, he then looks up Bruce Wayne. Uh, and he rips says, off his cowl. Rips off his cowl. He's like, she was everything to me, and you took her, and you took that from me. Now I'm going to show you what it was like. And he uh, slowly starts to push on Bruce Wayne's chest, and presumably, just basically, he's going to cave in Bruce Wayne's chest at this point. Bruce Wayne starts to scream, uh, and then present day Bruce Wayne quickly wakes up. Uh, clearly, it's a dream that he was having, a very nasty dream that he was having. He's starting to come down from that uh, realization, and then bam, something bursts through some sort of like time, uh, temporal t- thing, like some sort of like boom tube a- aspect of it, and we see some sort of like red uh, a character garbed in all red with like a mask on. Not sure what the fuck it is. Uh, everything's fucking uh, chaos is swirling around, and papers are flying all over the place. Uh, and then the, the mask character, his mask goes up, and it's. Ezra Miller as the Flash telling Bruce Wayne is like, "Look, you were right about everything. Uh, you need to save Lois. Lois is the key. You were right. Uh, everything you, th- uh, I think it's like everything you thought about him. You were right. And we're not sure what that means. If he's right about the way he feels about him now, or if it's later on. Because uh, Flash is like, "Am I too soon? I think I'm too soon." Because he looks back behind him. It's like presumably talking to someone. We're not sure who. He's right. like, I think I'm too soon. And then uh, it's another quick scene of uh, Batman waking the fuck up. We're not sure if it was a dream or not. I want to say it's not a dream. I think because the uh, the aspect of a time window opening up and Batman being privy to it uh, knocked his ass out real fucking quick. Because uh, whenever he wakes up again, we then see his paper still swirling in the air. Right. Falling to the ground. So I think it was just him, uh, just from the sheer force of everything, just passing out because he's just a mere mortal, not sure uh, what the fuck is going on, and he just passed out and quickly woke up again. I think they just cut it that way to give people doubt on whether or not if it was actually a dream or not. 
Uh, we then cut to... Well, you get... You see that it's complete at this point. Yeah, the, the download is complete. Uh, he starts poking around in the uh, device with all these files and shit. And he comes across this uh, uh, image. And he's not sure what it is. He opens it up and he sees that it's the woman that he was talking to earlier. It, only it's from a photo of like 19... Like 18... Yeah, I think so. Uh, from the First World War, and she's standing amongst uh, like four or five other men, and he's not sure what the fuck is going on here. Clearly, something was happening. Um, but then he also finds out that the white Portuguese is the name of a ship. Yes. Um, and he needs to figure out uh, how to break... He then finds out the white Portuguese is also uh, bringing over... Kryptonite? Bringing over the giant yeah. chunk of kryptonite. Uh, we then, and he wants it. Yeah, one thing we also forgot. Uh, before the gala, we get uh, Senator Finch telling Lex Luthor, like, look, you're not getting your import license. I just can't. This is where the uh, peach tea comes uh-huh. into play. Um, she's like, I know something's going on that you're not telling me. Um, I'm a girl from the South. You can dress up uh, a bucket of piss and label it as Granny's peach tea. And I will know something is up either way. It doesn't matter how you fucking dress up this pig. Something's going right. on. Um, Lex Luthor's none too fucking happy with that fucking decision because he just stares at her and he starts saying, the red capes are coming, the red capes are coming. Um, and it's him uh, playing on words a little bit. Um, uh, if you know anything about Paul Revere or anything like that, he says the red coats are coming and it's like... Uh, Lex Luthor land and two of by sea. Right, Lex Luthor is insinuating that because of her uh, lack of giving him an import license, she's now taking on this totalitarian uh, aspect of being a senator, where it's her way or no way. And apparently, in Lex's head, he is Paul Revere in the rebellion that uh, took out the British Empire, but he has to break the law in order to do that type aspect. Whatever. We then cut to. Uh, Alfred and uh, Bruce Wayne having a conversation. Or no, it's uh, it's General Swanwick and Lois Lane having a conversation before we cut to Alfred and Bruce. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Swanwick is like, look, I looked into that bullet. It is not a government-issued bullet. It is a LexCorp bullet. Um, we don't know what for. We just know it was designed by LexCorp. And this is where Lois starts plugging in the pieces that she already right. has. Um, it's clearly everything has been set up by Lex. She just doesn't know for what purpose. She knows that Superman has been set up in some manner by Lex, uh, Lex Luthor. Um, just uh, for what purpose, nobody knows. Uh, we then cut to Alfred and Bruce Wayne. Alfred is working on the Bat car. Um, and Bruce is like, look, I found out who the white Portuguese is. Or more importantly, I found out what the white Portuguese is. It's a boat, and it's bringing in uh, uh, this kryptonite rock of some sort. And this is where we get this uh, interesting scene of uh, Alfred asking Bruce what he plans on doing with the kryptonite that Lex is bringing in. He's like, well, you're going to keep it under lock and key. And Bruce is like, no, I'm going to use it. Like, this alien came to our planet and nearly laid waste to Metropolis. he claims that he's our friend. And this is where we get also get the scene of like Batman making the claim of like, look, uh, we've been doing this for about 20 years now. Uh, we've seen a lot of people fall. 
We've seen a lot of good people fall. How many have stayed that way? How many are still alive? And he's like, look, this alien, if there's a 1% chance of this alien being evil or going against uh, humankind, then we have to take that as an absolute certainty of something going down. He's basically making the case of like, look, he may be doing good at this point, but but, he, he, but how long until he turns bad right. and we have no way to defeat him? Right. He goes to retrieve the kryptonite. No, because we don't see that scene. No, no, no. I mean, he goes to try to take it off of the boat. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, because it's a wide shot of Batman on some sort of like steel structure of some sort, holding a gun. Um, and you uh, see across the way, we see like Anatoly and a few of the other men just uh, doing something on the docks next to the big ass ship labeled the White Portuguese. We see something going into this like steel container of some sort. We're not sure what it is. We see Superman or Batman raise up the rifle that he has, fire, excuse me, fire a projectile. It hits the steel container, and then uh, it's basically then a gets tracking uh, device on the steel container. Uh, Batman then jumps in his vehicle, and then we have this like lengthy fucking chase scene between the steel container, Lex Luthor's men, and basically, uh, it just ends. Or not Batman. ends. Batman. It, it ends in Batman running into Superman because Superman sees a symbol in the sky. Yes, during ba- this whole scene. Batman is chasing uh, the the container because he wants it, and they're. Obviously, defending it, um, he. This is where he starts piling up his body count because there's like three trucks that have like mini guns that he mm-hmm. takes out in his pursuit. Yeah, because uh, it. Uh, well, at first, it just looks like he knocks out the car from a contention because he just runs it into a, like a trailer of some sort. But then he grabs, or he like attaches like a cable to the car. And he uses that car as a, with people still in it, presumably, uses that car as a way to just whip it around and smash into another car. So clearly he killed all, he killed two sets of people in each car. Um, but, and there's one car that blows up and somehow the top of the, uh, container gets blown off. Uh, he's, he loses track of the container. Um, and he's trying to figure out where it is, and he ends up getting wedged in, like, a like, decrepit boat of some sort. And the uh, uh, the steel container is, like, a level below him, and he crashes through that old boat and part of the container as well, trying to, get, uh, uh, basically get back on its tail of some, uh, in some manner. And it crashes through part of it. Uh, Anatoly has got, like, this rocket... Thing on his uh, shoulder. As a rocket launcher. Um, half the container's fucking just ripped open. He's not sure what the fuck is going on. He fires a rocket. It's, it, it has like some sort of like heat seeker on it. Um, yeah, I forget what the missile or what that handheld missile system is mm, called, but uh, but he fires the rocket. It starts barreling towards uh, the Batmobile. Um, I guess it has some sort of like uh, like he deflates countermeasures. Uh, in front of him, it blows up, and it's one of those iconic scenes because you get a, like a tight, wide, uh, almost like a, a wide shot of really nice scene of like the Batmobile barreling through all this fire and 
destruction and shit, and just coming out on the other end just completely perfectly fine. Then he crashes into another boat, mm. and then he sees Superman. Oh, uh, yeah, because he, he crashes through the boat, and as he uh, is about to uh, turn the corner, like, uh, drift around the corner, he <laughs> they do this weird shot of, like, Batman, like, dumbstruck. Uh, like, what? He's here? Like Superman's just standing there. Uh, Superman doesn't move a muscle. He just looks through the fucking vehicle, sees Batman, and then the Batmobile just bounces off of Superman and into, like, uh, this uh, car stack of some sort. Um, a, a small explosion happens. Uh, Batman's trapped inside. He's not sure how to get the fuck out of this. And then all of a sudden, the roof... The canopy of the fucking vehicle. And this scene is also open. different between the extended cut and the theatrical cut. In what manner? You don't... I don't remember getting Superman saying anything in the theatrical cut. Why wouldn't he? I thought he did. I don't... I don't remember mm. 100% for sure, but I don't remember him saying anything. I just remember, like... a. A menacing nose to nose as like he rips off the canopy, the canopy, and Batman just stands up. Mm. And it's that iconic scene you've seen from the trailer of the, the, the music just boom boom as Batman raises, and it's just them nose to nose. Um, and Superman tells Batman, "It's like, look, you're done tonight. No more. If I see that fucking uh, symbol in the sky, if you see the light, don't go to it." Yes. You're then, done. You're done with the bat. Yes. And Batman's like, just looks at him menacing. He's like, tell me, do you bleed? And then Batman, or Superman fucks off, not even answering his question. And as he does, Batman responds, you will. And then we uh, cut to, I think, Scoop McNary's character. Well, you, you see a scene of him, like, nursing the Batmobile back to mm, yeah, the yeah. Batcave. It's like limping. All- yeah. All fucked up and mm. shooting sparks everywhere. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we then uh, yeah, because he's in front of his computer system because he is able to just he wasn't able to follow the uh, container to where it was going, but he's able to track it with the tracker. Um, we then cut to where the location that he's seeing on the map that he's looking at. It's then a Lex Luthor. Corp research center. Um, and in the tracker just so happens to be on a piece of metal that is just dangling by a fucking thread on the container that Batman rammed his fucking vehicle right through. Uh, we then cut to uh, Senator Finch uh, in her office. And, or no, she's approaching her office. And Scoop McNary's character is already in her office. Because one of her aides is trying to tell her, like, look, he just invited himself in. He's been in here for a little while. I don't know what to do. Uh, and uh, uh, Scoop McNary turns around and is like, look, he took everything from me. My wife left me because of what he did. Um, and he, presumably he's talking about Superman. Um, we then cut to uh, the woman that made the claim that Superman burnt her entire village to the ground and killing her parents. She's on a bus. She sees... Uh, people in her apartment building, outside of her apartment building, looking menacing as fuck. She's scared. She clearly knows this has to do with something that she said about Superman. She's not sure what, so she stays on the bus as the bus barrels back uh, to wherever it was going. 
We then cut back to Senator Finch's office, and she is now in her office uh, just doing paperwork and shit, and we just hear this commotion outside of her office. She's not sure what. She hears the woman that she originally talked to making the claim that Superman burned down her village. She exits. She uh, Senator Finch uh, leaves her office and sees that woman outside of her office, and she's just fucking distraught. She's like, Senator, I have to tell you something. And then we cut to... Uh, I think it's uh, Senator Finch and the guy that she was talking to, talking with Lex uh, at the beginning of the movie. Um, and she's basically telling this other senator, "Is like, look, Lex is behind it all. Like, it, no, uh, he he told this woman to lie about what happened in Africa. Like, uh, and we're not sure what to make of any of this. He's been lying from the get go. He he manufactured this woman's story, even to the point of her parents being dead. They're alive in Africa right now. Right, but he, he told gave her a script and told to, her to not uh, tell anybody else. Um, and as they are about to approach the uh, Senate floor that they have invited Superman to, they're not sure if he's going to show. There's a hearing about uh, the quote unquote menace that is Superman. Right. Um, and as they're about to enter the Senate floor room uh lex approaches them he's like senator how are you doing uh and he's like you know the greatest lie in america senator and she just like looks at him he's like gives him like a what and he's like that power is innocent and then he just fucks off uh he tells his assistant to save him a to seat save his seat uh before he fucks off uh we then cut to the senator uh entering into the uh, uh senate floor taking her seat uh, as she does that, we then see Superman outside the Senate building, landing. You have this mass crowd surrounding him. Just some are for him, some are against him. Just yelling and screaming of different sorts all around him. He lands. We cut to inside the Senate building. Senator Finch has been told that he's here. He's just outside the building. And then we cut to inside the building of Superman just walking through the halls of justice. A full fucking Superman garb. Just cape flowing and everything, just looking... It looks fucking interesting as fuck. Um, he's walking through. We then cut to inside the Senate room. The door opens, and it's Superman. And if I was an extra in this scene right now, uh, with just the, the Henry Cavill Superman just striding through the Senate floor, I don't know if I'd be able to keep a straight face. Because I was looking at all the extras. They're all looking uh, variations of concern and worry and shit. Uh-huh. I'd be that one extra just fucking up the shot. Just like, look, look, he's in here. He's on the Senate floor. It's Superman. Um, but yeah, Superman enters. It goes up to the podium. And Senator Fitch uh, thanks uh, Superman for coming to these hearings. Superman looks over to Scoop McNary's Wally. Uh just kind of like, uh, I'm sorry this happened to you type look. Um, the senator's making a speech, and as she does, she then sees a glass of something off to her side. She just sees the word T on part of it. She's not sure what it is. She starts getting a little concerned. Uh, because She continues to turn it. She slowly turns it, and it says Granny's Peach Tea. Um, she instantly knows that this is an indication that she's been lying. She, Lex knows that she knows that he's lied. Um, she looks over at Scoot McNary's character, knowing full well. Well, and at Lex's seat. And at Lex's seat, and Seems in that, that it's second, empty. In that second, knows that something's up. And as she puts the pieces together, boom! The entire Senate floor explodes, killing 
everybody in that building. Well, most of everybody uh, in that building. And we just see fire and fucking just piles of human remains around Superman. And he's just like, fuck. I didn't see this. I don't know if I was just blinded by what was going on around me or if I just didn't want to see it. I didn't look at all this fucking just unnecessary death in front of me. Uh, we then cut to, uh, uh, I want to say it's it, during this whole process. We also get scenes of Bruce Wayne in his conference room wondering, uh, cause he sees an interview Wally makes Soledad O'Brien and Wally, uh, is making claims that Bruce Wayne never helped him. Nobody helped him. Superman just took everything from him and no one helped him, blah, blah, blah. So Bruce Wayne asks uh, one of his guys to look into the payments that uh, they were sent to Wally because Bruce Wayne had presumably set up some sort of, like, fund to help victims. Yeah, like a trust victims. fund. Um, and then uh, he tells this guy to look into the payments that we sent him. And then we find out that the guy has been sending back the payments with, like, um, messages inscribed on them. Like, it's all your fault, you let your family die type shit. Uh, which just pisses off Superman, or Batman, even more. As that happens, we then get uh, the explosion uh, rocketing through the Senate floor. We then cut to Lois Lane looking for Superman in that just sea of people. Uh, some are trying to help, some are just gawking at the spectacle of just bodies all over the place and shit. We then, this is also part of the uh, ultimate edition of Superman helping people. Yeah, it's not in the theatrical version, which I think they should have kept in the theatrical version because in the theatrical version, we just see Superman standing there amidst all the just chaos of EMTs, policemen, uh, nurses, and all that just all this chaos going on around him and he looks around and then takes off. But in the ultimate cut, we see him helping people throughout this yeah, entire pulling fucking people scene. out. I was like, that's it's a fucking nice scene. Why didn't you keep it in? Um, but anyway, he helps. He sees all the destruction that he could have, he thinks he could have prevented, um, and didn't. And he just uh, flies off into the sky. Uh, not sure what to do at this point. The next scene is, um, Superman going to his mother. Um, uh, as he fucks off from the Senate building, she, and uh, he has this, I guess, somewhat interesting scene with his mother. Cause she's like telling him like, um, be anything that they need you to be, be the hero, be the villain. What is it? Be the hero, be the monument, be their angel or anything they need you to be, or don't be anything. This world doesn't owe you a thing. And I'm just like, um, kind of does it i mean it's the reason why he has his superpowers is because of earth's yellow sun so this world does owe him or he does owe this world some sort of like gratitude it just seemed like an odd scene for mon to be like look fuck them no i mean it makes sense at the same time like the just because he has the powers doesn't mean he necessarily needs to use them. Like, just because he's an alien that is empowered by our son doesn't... Like, she raised him to just be a person. Mm -hmm. And she's basically saying, like, you don't owe anybody anything. Like, the fact that you've already put so much of yourself out, like, just fucking stop. 
Like, you can just be you. And my point is, is that he kind of does. Even without the superpowers, it was still his home when he had no home to go to. So you're for conscription is what I'm hearing. For conscription. Yeah, meaning. for like everybody serving in the military. No. Stuff. Well, but you owe this world yeah, that. No, no, that does not mean military service. You as a citizen, you owe the society you live in to do your civic duty. Not right. to serve in the but, military. But his civic duty could just be writing pieces about the corruption and stuff that he needs to for the Daily Planet. He doesn't necessarily but need to use But he has the means to do something better. Right, but... If I had the means, like, I try to do my civic duty by voting, uh, by being well-informed about political issues, things like other societal issues, things like that. That's what I'm trying to do as, as my civic duty. If I had the platform or the money to do more, I fucking would. Right. Superman has all those. He may not have the money, but he has the platform, definitely has a fucking platform. Right, but do you feel you owe the world that? Or are you just doing that so you can be as good as you are? I believe as a person that is well off, for the most part, um, we are fighting middle class, I believe it is my duty as a human being to try to help as many people as possible. Not all people feel that way. <laughs> okay. But you're not doing... I understand what she means. Mm-hmm. She basically just means, like, live however you want to live. You don't owe the world any more than anyone else does. Okay. It's not, fuck everybody. <laughs> it's more just, like... You gotta you gotta take care of yourself too. Okay. It's basically, um, don't set yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. I'm not saying he should do that, but I'm also saying he's Superman. He should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get it. I get I get what you're saying, but the like don't spread yourself so thin that you have nothing left for you. Okay. I think is is what she's trying to get across. Not necessarily fuck everybody, but like right. you have to take care of yourself too. And you don't owe the world any more than anyone else does. Because mm. uh, it's everybody's planet. It's not just Superman's planet. True, but as I said before, he has the means to do more than just regular person. Well, right, but the people who have the means to do more than the regular person normally don't. Yes, I understand that. In the really real world. (laughs) Um, We then cut to Lex rolling up to his corporation and just all this fucking chaos has happened. He's not sure what the fuck. He sees all the EMT services. He sees (laughs) he sees cops everywhere. I tripped over the word cop. (laughs) Um, he sees cops everywhere, just people just investigating what the fuck's going on as he's slowly walking through everything. He sees bullet casings all over the ground, just, just destruction everywhere. He's not sure what the fuck happened. He then sees a few cops going through, like, the security footage, and it's just, uh, of a security camera, like, high up in the, uh, corner of a part of the building, and it's just them, uh, his security team looking around, not sure what the fuck is going on. Then you see Batman drop out of nowhere, grab a guy, and lift back up in the air. And you just see Lex Luthor 
uh, give a little smirk. Like, this is all part of the plan type thing. Right. And then he goes to where the giant thing of kryptonite was held. Mm. And, and there's a batarang. Yes. Sideways. Right. Uh, clearly, Batman has taken the giant thing of kryptonite. Uh, we then cut to Batman in a... Which sw- he's not the fucking Pink Panther. I don't know why he left a calling card. I don't know. Um, we then get a series of, uh, I guess, a montage at this point of Batman just uh, figuring out a way to harness the kryptonite in different aspects and like a uh, smoke grenade of some sort. And then he figures out a way to fashion it into a, like a big spear. And we see uh, Bruce Wayne just working the fuck out like a motherfucker. He's got fucking chains wrapped around tires that are, are wrapped around weights that are then uh, uh, wrapped around him as he's doing fucking pull-ups and shit. He's got a fucking giant-ass sledgehammer that he's beating into a goddamn truck tire. He's fucking just beating the piss out of himself working out. Uh, and you see it, and I'm like, this isn't CGI. This is fucking, if you've seen any of the behind the scenes, this is full fucking Ben Affleck getting working out <laughs> for this movie. It is in fucking sane. The amount of fucking like work. You see him do the, do the ropes and yes, every fucking thing. Uh, and then you just see a series of quick cuts of just him dropping everything and just like the weights falling off of him, the ro- uh, ropes just smacking into the ground. Him done with the sledgehammer, just uh, and then him fine tuning the uh, spear that he made. He's ready for fucking war at this point. Uh, we then cut to I think uh, Superman's mom. Uh, in some sort of like diner that she works in, she's finishing up cleaning and everything. Well, no, you get you get another scene where like Superman's basically just fucked off and he's walking up to the top of this. Oh, that's right. He has like this like heart to heart with the memory of his father. And he uh, walks up to the to the top of this mountain. Yeah, because he's because everybody we see a series of uh, cut scenes of like no one knowing where Superman is. Lois doesn't know fucking, and nobody knows where Superman is. We then cut to. Superman and just like winter garb, not sure what the next step he needs to take. Just wandering through just the icy tundra at this point. Uh, we get scenes like this in the comics where Batman f- or Superman finds uh, solace in uh, being alone by himself, alone with his thoughts. That's why he has like the fortress. Yeah, of there's a reason it's called the fortress of solitude. Um, and we get the scene of uh, Paul Kent with uh, Superman. And he's basically saying, hey, uh, at one point when I was a kid, I helped, we were dealing with this mass flood, and I was able to direct the flood away we from worked, our house. We worked tirelessly until the point I fainted, but we managed to stem the waters and save the farm. Mm-hmm. And my grandma made me, or my mom made me a hero cake. Little did I know as I was eating my hero cake that the waters the, that we re- the Gundersons farm down the Lang. road. Lang. Oh, was it the Langs? Yeah, yeah. I, the, m- I remember that because it was Lana Langs. Yeah. Parents. The the Langs farm down the road got hit with all the water yeah. and it all washed away. And I can still hear the screams of their horses. Yes, because they were slowly being drowned by all the water. Or I used to I used to hear the screams of the horses in my nightmares. Mm-hmm. It kept me up at night. And uh, Superman's like, did it ever go away? And uh, Paul Kent's like, yeah, when I met your mother, uh, it, everything seemed to calm down whenever 
I met her, and it's just like nice heart to heart between father and son. Like, look, you're gonna be met with some fucked up shit in your life, especially you being Superman. You're gonna be met with some fucked up shit. You can either run away from it, or you can find uh, a small little happiness somewhere, like with Lois. Uh, she could be your guiding light through all this. And then uh, right as the scene buttons up, we see Clark saying, look, Dad, I miss you. And Dad, uh, Paul Kent also says, I miss you. And then we cut to... Um, his mom. His mom. Yeah, his mom being... Uh, she's finishing up uh, what's going on in the diner. Um, Throws some trash away. As she does, she sees a car start up and like creep towards her. She's not sure what the fuck it is. She starts freaking out, starts running away from it. Then another car comes in to uh, cut her off and grabs her. And uh, it's clearly Anatoly and his men uh, kidnapping Martha. Uh, we then cut to Lois inside another building. And she's coming down a staircase. And we see somebody like waxing the floor and shit. And she catches a glimpse of the guy. And she's like, I think I recognize this. She, she approaches the guy and is like, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And it's Anatoly. Uh, he, she clearly knows him from earlier in the uh, African incident at this point. Um, and then someone else comes up behind her, grabs her. She struggles a bit as they throw her into a van as well. Um, we then have... There's a short helicopter ride, and yeah. they drop her off on the helipad of LexCorp. Yeah, because he's just standing there. Oh, we also get, uh, before... This happened as you get the the workout montage and the the scene of Superman going to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. You get um, a phone call to Lois, yes, saying that the bomb was definitely made of the same metal that the bullets were, but she doesn't know why it was he so powerful. dampened. He it was a huge explosive, but he dampened the explosion. She said, "Well, what do you mean?" Like, oh, well, it was encased in lead. Mm. Anybody who knows knows that Superman cannot see through lead. Right. Um, and then Lois Lane is like, it's She's not like, his fault. He couldn't have done anything no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get her being kidnapped along with Martha. She gets dropped off on the roof to the Lex. Uh, and Lex is like, look, I know who Superman is. I know that you have a direct line to him. I know. That if I want to get Superman's attention, all I got to do is go down Lois Lane. And he pushes her off the fucking uh, tower. She starts flying. And this amazing thing that uh, there's an, always an argument that you can make with Superman catching Lois in midair. Is that typically you would see Superman just zoom up, catch her, and fly away. Now, I think they also made this argument like Big Bang Theory or something like that. It would kill her it every would kill single her. time. It would either, depending on how fast he's going, it would slice her into three separate parts because his arms are up and shit like that, or he would just break her body break, in yeah. half. Uh, but what happens is that she's falling to the ground in this movie, and he just catches up to her, keeps pace with her, and just gently holds on to her as they both um, uh, match acceleration as they fall. He gently places her on the ground, and it's like, this is like gentle scene of like someone paying attention at some point basically being like look he would have to meet her <laughs> son of a bitch they're all right um <laughs> <Like, laughs> uh, he he lowers her to the ground she tells him that lex is behind everything that it's all his fault like the bomb he couldn't see the bomb because it was encased in lead superman then goes up back up to where lex was 
um, and then uh, lands on the rooftop. And this is where we get this like diatribe between Lex Luthor and Superman, where Lex is like, "Look, I know that you're Clark Kent, and he needs he needs the son of Krypton to fight the Bat of Gotham." Um, that's that's like the yeah comparison that he makes. Um, he then uh, tells Superman, "It's like, look, you're gonna do everything I say because I have your special lady." Yes, uh, every boy has a special lady, and he says, uh, "And that lady happens to be his mother." And he hands Clark a series of photos. But he doesn't so much hand them to him as like toss him. like show him like as as he starts getting angry. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, I got your mother. Mm-hmm. If anything happens to me, if I die, yeah. she's dead. I don't know where they took her. I told him not to tell me. And if anything happens to me, she's automatically dead. If you don't do what I say, she's dead. If you don't bring me the head of Batman, she's dead. Um, he then makes a comparison. He's like, I see you as a demon. And any children, uh, any demon has a witch for a mother. And he shows her one particular photo that has like her, his mother tied up and gagged with like witch across her forehead. Um, oh yeah, what's the what's the way to deal with witches? You burn them. Mm. Uh, we, uh, I think, no, we don't get any cut shots of her in the warehouse until after this whole fight scene between Batman and Superman. Um, but then he, uh, Superman, uh, is told by Lex, you are you have one hour to kill the bat and save your mother. Uh, Lex fucks off. Uh, Superman goes to Lois. Or, my, my, look at the time. You had an hour. Now you have less. Yes. Uh, Lex goes, uh, jumps in a helicopter, goes away. Superman goes to Lois. And he's like, look, I have to face him. Uh, there's no other way around it. I have to go try to convince him that uh, we're both being manipulated. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Um, I have to convince him of that or have to kill him. Right. Um, and then he, this is him saying goodbye to Lois in case anything were to happen to him. Uh, one of many goodbyes. We then get another goodbye later on. Um, he then goes. We did. We did miss some, uh, like plot points throughout throughout the movie. Um, Lex Luthor's gotten everything he wanted. He takes General Zod's fingerprints off with a little Kryptonian mm-hmm. scalpel that he has. We takes, not, we're not sure what he's using. Takes it for. control of the ship. Um, while, while this fight is happening, he takes control of the ship. Well, no, he's already he's already in control of the ship at this point. I'm I thought sure. he I thought he took off the fingerprints. We're not sure what he needs the fingerprints for. And then during this whole fight scene, we get it, quick mi- cuts it might be of him entering the ship, them saying, "You now have full control, Lex Luthor." And then, then the body gets brought in. He brings the uh, body into the like the Genesis well, no, chamber. No, because there's there's a scene before where like there, he takes control of the ship. Or would you like to assume command? Yes. And then all the Kryptonian archives have information about thousands of, or thousands of planets. And he's like, tell me everything. Mm, okay. But then the body is brought in during the fight scene. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, we then cut to uh, Batman and full like armored, plated, white eyed, suited Batman. And it's just... This amazing fucking power scene. armor Batman. Yes. For lack of um, a better it's term. A, it's a Dark Knight Returns fucking Batman of him just in armor with the short ears and everything. It's just the Dark Knight Returns plays a huge influence in this movie. 
um, because uh, we see him next to the bat signal. He's looking up in the sky. We cut to what he's looking at, and it's Superman within the light of the bat signal, just floating there. Um, Batman says, well, here I am. And then Superman slams into the ground. He's like, look, I think he calls him Bruce. I think he knows that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he's like, look, Bruce, Lex has been manipulating the both of us. And as he does, as he says, manipulating the both of us, uh, Superman steps on this like pressure plate and these like two sound uh, wave generator things start happening on either side of Superman. And they just start pummeling and pummeling and pummeling him with nothing but like a sound to basically incapacitate him in some manner. Um, it's short fucking, uh, lived because Superman is quickly able to... He picks up a manhole cover, rips it in half, and then throws... Throws it on either side of him, basically eliminating both fucking sound wave generators. He then tries, uh, a few more steps to try to convince, uh, uh, Batman that this is, uh, stupid and we need to work together. Batman takes a few steps back, and then, uh, like a series of guns start popping up all around him. He... I think he attacks him. And, Does he? Yeah, and Superman just, like, puts his hand on his chest. Oh, uh, and pushes and him. And pushes him. Yeah, and he goes back a bit. And he goes flying back behind these four conspicuously placed dumpsters that then miniguns pop out of and start, start pelting him. laying waste to fucking Superman. Uh, it uh, doesn't uh, work for very long. Superman quickly... Raises himself in the air and just lasers the fuck out of all of them. Pew, pew, laser eyes. Um, we then get uh, a Batman throws a grenade in between him and uh, Superman. Just all the smoke fills up. Superman quickly runs through the goddamn smoke. All the smoke billows out of nowhere. And Batman's, Batman's gone. gone. He doesn't know where the fuck he is. Um, he's looking around, looking around. And then Batman appears out of nowhere. And then, boom, hits fucking Superman with a kryptonite smoke grenade at this point. Hits well... Him. Directly in the face. <laughs> no. Uh, he shoots it, and Superman catches it. Oh, that's right, that's right. And he's just holding it like it's a big fucking dong. Yeah. Like, right in front of his face. And then it explodes, the kryptonite gas. Yeah. He inhales it, and Bruce is like, yes, uh, smell it. Breathe oh. it in. <laughs> Breathe it in, or some crazy shit like that. Um, he does, and it basically... Bruce is like, you're uh, no man... Or something like that. And Superman goes to swing at him. And Batman's able to stop it. He's like, men are brave. And then he grabs Superman and just... Beats the ever-loving piss out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We get this, like... uh, I think it's like a five-minute scene. uh, Because the effects don't last very long on Superman with the uh, smoke grenade. Uh, And he... Yeah. Batman's just beating the ever-loving shit out of Batman. Just throwing him through everything. Just punching the shit. Batman is beating up Superman. Uh, Batman is beating the shit out of Superman. Yes. Um, and then it, he's like punching Superman's face at this point and it's slowly starting to not work. To not work. Because you see Superman reacting to the punch like a normal person would. And then all of a sudden it's like punching a steel grater. And it's not, it's not the best fight choreography that I've ever seen. No. Like they are very, very poorly. And I think it's because of the armor. I think they did that on purpose because of some punches. Because, uh, Batman would be able to move and we see that later on in the warehouse but batman's able to just tear through motherfuckers left right and center when he's not in the armor um but when he's in the armor it's more lumbering more like okay i need to make sure that every shot fucking counts uh it's not as eloquent 
as, say, like, whenever he's not in the armor suit. Well, it's not even the, the fluidity of it that bothers me. It's the fact that, like, the punches are pulled way too early, or Henry Cavill reacts too quickly. Oh, I see. And, like, it, you can tell that it looks fake. The only punches that look real mm-hmm. are whenever it stops working, and he's just, like, punching him in the jaw, and you don't even see, like, a mm-hmm. twinge of movement. But, like, the over-exaggerated movement was too much. I'm not sure where it failed at, but like, I just watched the fight scene again right before we recorded. And I was Mm -hmm. like, wow, this looks bad. Like it's just the fight choreography wasn't well done. There, there were certain parts of it that were well done, Mm -hmm. but just that, that sub scene of Of the overall him being punched, of him being punched repeatedly Mm -hmm. in the face wasn't done well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, the effects of the kryptonite, uh, smoke grenade wear off. And I think he, I, I, I think he pushes Batman again into yeah. like a bathroom area. Batman quickly uh, grabs another grenade, uh, loads it back into his gun because it's like strapped to the side of him. Loads it into the gun, and just as Batman uh, is about to get back up from like uh, pummeling, well, no, him. they're up on top of the roof. Whenever the second one goes off, because he's only got three grenades. He's inside the grenades. building whenever he punches him and he stop and he right. wears off. Um, but then I want to say like Superman uppercuts him. Oh, does and he? And they end up up on the roof because, okay. or no, maybe that's I maybe that's he, the first grenade. Yeah, the first grenade happens on the roof where he like and smashes he ends him up through. Yeah, like he a ends skylight. up like kicking him through the skylight. Yeah, down onto the ground. But yeah, the second one happens. Uh, yeah, the second the one in the bathroom because uh, Superman is like still trying to recover from the first grenade and throwing him and Bruce through the goddamn wall for the bathroom into the bathroom and shit. So as he's getting up, Bruce is quickly fucking loading the other the gun with another grenade, and it looks like Superman's about to jump up and just smash uh, well, Batman. He's flying at him. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He's flying at him. And the second one hits him right in the fucking face. Yes. Uh, just like seconds before he's about to fucking contact. And he actually hits Batman, but he only rips off like half of mm-hmm. the the face armor. Yes. Um, which is an interesting thing to see because you have uh, like one of the aspects I've always wanted to see in Batman is just the white eyes. It's just a dopey little thing. For whatever reason, they've never done it, and they did it in this movie because he's got the armor and shit, but I like the white eyes aspect of the Batsuit. Um, and then you, uh, you get that for a bit, and then they basically uh, rip off half of it, and you see part of uh, uh, Batman's face and, uh, and, and part you of get, the armor. You get Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see. Um, but uh, so Clark Kent is reeling from the effects of the... Um, uh, second smoke grenade, and as he does, uh, we then get Batman beating the piss out of him a few more times, and then he grabs him. I think grabs like, the spear, like he he hits him with a grappling gun and like swings him around and throws him into like yeah, a pile. Before of he throws him to the ground, he grabs him by the neck in like this weird manner, to where he's able to like hoist him up on his shoulders, take him. Over to like this, like the top floor, like stairwell. Oh, throws yeah. him down the stairwell, and then uh, grapple hooks down on top of uh, Superman. Takes the remaining like line of the grappling hook, uh, unfurls more of it, throws it on the ground, 
and then hooks uh, the one end to Superman's leg, then grabs the other end. Is pulling him. Yes, pulling him, and as he does, he then, uh, he says, uh, you had your parents. You know what my parents taught me? And uh, I think it's like, like, everyone fails you or something like that. And then he, like, as he uh, begins to lift up the line to bring Superman careening into different parts of the building, he then hits a device that then lifts Superman's up in the air, and then he just basically spins Superman around, just pummeling Smashing Superman. Smashing him through. Different parts of the building. Uh, and then uh, right at the last second, he lets Superman go. Superman goes crashing into a, uh, like a chunk of rock and shit, and Superman's just like reeling from the effects of shit. And then we see the spear that Superman, uh, or the that Batman, Batman made. Uh, made into the ground. He lifts the spear out of the ground. Um, he says something else, but it's not fucking interesting at all. And he's standing on top of uh, Superman on his neck at this point. Yeah, he's um, standing on his throat. And Superman's like, uh, I gotta save Martha. And this is... We're gonna put a pin in this scene right fucking now. And I'm gonna tell you a much better scene that I thought of a fucking while ago when I first watched the scene. So everything plays out very fucking similarly that, uh, as this scene happens. So, uh, right as Superman... Cause he's, throughout this scene, he's talking about how Superman is not a man. He's just an alien come to a man's planet. And so I figured the perfect scene to button this up, eliminate the fucking Martha bit altogether, because goddamn, it's not interesting, it's just bad story writing. Um, but as he, he does similar things, he beats the piss out of him, he has his throat on Superman's neck. Or, he has his throat on Superman's neck. His foot. boot on Superman's neck at this point. And he's telling Superman, he's like, look, I... I don't care what anybody says. I don't care how powerful you think you are. I want you to remember when a man beat a god. And he goes to, like, raise it up. Lois is about to come in at the last second like she does this. He doesn't say a fucking thing. He's like, or he says, like, mom or I'm sorry, mom or some a variation of one of those things. Superman does. Uh, as Bruce raises this fucking spear and then slams it down. Uh, we cut to an even wider shot. It's a... It's the spear is just embedded into the rock next to uh, Superman's head, and it's just Bruce explaining to Superman, "Is like, look, I don't fucking like you, but I know the world needs you. Just remember when this man or beat you, don't, you. You don't even have to do that. Like, mm. just just having the I beat you, like the the line that you said. Just remember when a man beat a god, mm. and you have him just slam it into the." The, the rock right mm. next to his head and just have, like, don't make me regret mm. Yeah, something this. else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but instead, we get the uh, Martha scene. Bruce is not understanding what the fuck he's saying. How do you know Why'd that you name? say that? Why'd you say that name? Um, Lois comes in, and it's like, that's his mother's name. Bruce reels from this revelation. That both their mom's names are Martha. Yes. It's just and, dumb. Oh, okay. Well, now we're best friends. Yes. Because we got to a scene of like the of a timer ticking down, and it's Martha in a chair next to KG Beast with like a, a flamethrower on his back. And as the like strikes below ten minutes, and we see Martha starting to get worried, and we see KG Beast starting to suit up and ignite the damn fucking thing. 
Uh, we then cut back to Superman and Batman, all chummy chummy at this point. Yeah, like, they're, it wasn't, they're like, best friends. Uh, Batman wasn't trying to just murder Superman at this point. Everybody's perfectly fine. Uh, they come up with a plan that Superman's going to go to Lex and try to stop whatever he's doing right now, and Batman's going to go to the warehouse to save his mother. And I promise... I will save Martha. Martha, Martha won't die tonight. Yes. Um, uh, Superman gives Lois like a reassuring like nod. He fucks off to go to Lex, and then Batman jumps back into his... Uh, Batwing. Batwing, armorless at this point. Yep. How'd that happen? Don't know. Um, it's not even in the Ultimate version. Like the, he's just in the Batwing in regular fucking garb, a uh, regular Batman garb at this point. Well, I mean, he just he had to have a spare suit there just in case. Right. Uh, Batman and Ar- Ar- Arthur and Alfred are talking, and Alfred's like, "Look, I'm glad you came to your senses. Let's go save this woman." They go to the warehouse. Uh, Alfred tells him, "Like, I'm gonna drop you off on the second floor." Well, first you have more. Carnage, because there's cars out front, and he blows them up. Mm, yeah, because yeah. there Kills are a few men on the outside with cars and shit. He blows he them up. He tells Alfred to take over autopilot, mm. or the remote pilot, and Alfred's like, okay, well, there's 12 bad heat signatures up there. Mm. On the third floor, I'm going to drop you off on the second. Right. Uh, and we get this nice little shot of Batman just crashing through the fucking window. It's just an interesting shot to look at. Uh, we then get Lex, uh, during that whole fight scene between Batman and Superman, we've seen Lex uh, take Zod's body into the Genesis chamber. He cuts his hand. Actually, no, that's before. Yeah, because there has to be a gestation. Yeah, because he makes that whole uh, argument uh, with Superman. He's like, blood of my blood. And he shows his hand. And Superman's well, that's, like, that's what in, did you do? Yeah, that's in this scene. No, that was in on top of the tower. Was it? I think so. Well, he has his hand wrapped. I don't yeah. think the blood of my blood thing comes up until they're Maybe. in the ship. Either way, uh, Superman's not sure what the fuck is going on. Uh, he sees Lex. Lex is like, look, clearly you don't have Batman's head, so you failed me. The timer dings off. Uh, we then cut to the it, warehouse. It, it dings off as, like, right before he enters the ship, right before he smashes through oh. the ceiling of the ship. And he's like, oh, too little, too late. Yes. Uh, we then cut to the warehouse. And uh, a few of the men know that Batman's here. They're just not sure where the fuck he is. Um, they all start looking for Batman, and then like a big explosion. Well, they've happens. all got their guns trained on the door because they think he's coming through the door. Right. Uh, an explosion happens on the floor uh, in between all of them, and I think Batman like grapples up out of the hole. Yeah. And he's like above them. They think he's still down in the fucking hole. They start firing. Then Batman comes out from above them, and then just starts laying waste to motherfuckers left and right. Um, well, somehow, as he went up through, he put little explodey devices on all of their guns. Yes, because they all explode out of their hands, except for like three of them. Right. Three of them still have guns, which is fine. We've seen Batman do that yeah. before. Um, hell, he fucking does it in the games numerous times if you have the right equipment in the Arkham games. Um, uh, but then in the ultimate version, you don't get this in the PG 13th version. We see him just like in the PG 13th version, you do see him knock the grenade out of the guy's hand with another guy. 
that does happen. But in the other versions of uh, the theatrical version of this movie, we don't see blood in any of the guys. Because, yeah, like you said, a uh, big shipping crate gets tossed at a guy. The guy runs in, or gets thrown back into the wall and blood fucking just hits the wall right behind him. Presumably... Pops, pops his head like a fucking zit. Right. The guy's fucking either severely fucking brain damaged or oh, no, dead. He, that motherfucker dead. <laughs> um, and yeah, just super... Or Batman just starts taking out motherfuckers left and right to the point where KG Beast and one other man with like an automatic fucking machine gun type thing. I can't remember the actual name of it. It's like an M something. Um, is standing outside outside the main warehouse in this room where Martha is. And it's an iconic scene from Dark Knight Returns. In Dark Knight Returns, Batman is looking to help a homeless, I think it's a homeless per- person or maybe some woman who's tied up against her will uh, with a bunch of like neo-Nazi like characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they have her strapped to a chair. We have one of the, in the comic. We have a neo-Nazi with a flamethrower on his back and one with that machine gun, similar. And it's a very similar setup where the guy's about to torch the woman in the chair, but uh, Batman comes through the wall, grabs the guy, grabs the gun, and is about to use it on uh, the guy with the flamethrower. It's very similar, uh-huh. s- v- like almost verbatim, just a few uh, like cosmetic issues. Um, but the, like in the movie, the same thing happens. Batman grabs the guy through the wall, uh, takes out the guy, grabs the gun and is pointing it at KG beast while KG beast points his flamethrower at Martha and threatens Batman. If he moves anymore, he's going to torch Martha. Uh, Batman quick. He says something like, I hope I believe you. I believe you or something like that. Uh, he quickly fires. Which just made me think of the princess bride (laughs) as you wish. Well, no, the, the, you know, I didn't have to miss your head. I believe you. <laughs> yes. Um, he fires one round. Punctures the tank. Yeah, but my, my point is, how is he able to turn it from automatic to single shot? Well, if you press and release the yeah, trigger, but, I mean, it would probably still fire, fire off, off more it, than one. Yeah, like at three or five rounds, depending on what how fast that gun fires off, but it wouldn't fire off one single round. Potentially not. I'm not sure. Um, uh, but one round goes off, hits the back of the tank. Uh, Batman drops the gun, quickly grabs Martha as the guy is about to explode. He wraps Martha in his cape, I guess, and the KGB explodes at this point. Uh, everything's calming down. The fires are uh, billowing out. And uh, Batman looks at Martha and says... I'm a friend of your son's. I figured, you know, the cape. Even though, and he doesn't fucking say this to her. I nearly I just her. tried to kill your son. <laughs> right. Um, we cut back to the uh, big spaceship that uh, Lex and Superman are in. Uh, well, we also missed a scene where um, Wonder Woman is flying, like, mm. in a plane to the city and they say that metropolis is off limits and you see her like walking well, down I a thought hallway. that was uh, at the at the like the precipice of the gestation about to stop and yeah well, i mean gone. we're basically there yeah 
Uh, but yeah, uh, Wonder Woman seeing all this chaos throughout, happen. Throughout the fight, there was all sorts of like electricity going to the ship, mm-hmm. and nobody could figure out why. And she, uh, I guess, gets an email at this point from Alfred or Bruce Wayne, and she it's all the files that Bruce Wayne was able to deduce from the device that he has. And he sends her a message. It's like, is this you? And it's uh, it's it, not just it's not just your photograph. It's you. Yes. Who are you? What are you? Yeah. Where have you been? Type shit. Um. It's the photo that we saw. And there's earlier. also there's also more metahumans. Yes. Uh. Th- throughout the movie, we hear people say the metahuman crisis, where they think that there's going to be more people with abilities similar to Superman's. Um. Uh, Lex Luthor has deduced several of the metahumans and has made them logos. Fucking absurd. Doesn't take me out of the movie. It's just like, why would Lex Luthor make them all symbols? Like, Flash, he gives him a lightning bolt. Aquaman, he just gives him, like, this abstract A-looking thing. Wonder Woman, it's two W's on, stacked on top of one another. Cyborg, it's the cyborg eye type of thing yeah. that we've seen before. And it's just ridiculous. But we see Wonder Woman going through each of the files. We see Flash inside a convenience store watching someone being robbed. Quickly uh, deals with that. And it's all caught on camera. We see um, uh, Aquaman coming out of a, like a derelict ship that's yeah, in the ship. sea. Uh, he's just pointing his uh, his trident at the robot. That's well, it's not the trident; the it's a quintet that they call it in the movie, in the oh. Aquaman movie. It's his mother's yeah. uh, version of a trident. It's like a five-pointed trident type thing. Um, we then see also Wonder Woman at a, uh, uh, ATM machine looking at the camera that they're thus verifying what's in the photo with who, uh, Wonder Woman is nowadays. And then we see one of the most interesting aspects of, uh, the movie. I would say probably my favorite scene, even though it's very fucking short. It's Cyborg, uh, becoming Cyborg. Being created. Uh, we see his father... With like ch- a chunk of his son's body, like strapped to like a gurney table type thing. Um, he's trying to figure out how to save his son. Uh, he's talking about how there's like uh, small amounts of life still left in him, and he's not sure how to fucking uh, bring him back to life. He is. Uh, he. We then cut to another scene, and he's activated this mother box. He's talking about how it's finally been able to be activated, and then all hell breaks loose on the screen, and the mother box starts rebuilding. Um, Victor, I'm blanking on his last name. It's Victor something. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, Cyborg's real Stone. name. Is. Victor Stone, no. I think. Um, but then, yeah, Cyborg is being created at this point. Um, and when we get to Justice League, I will go into a diatribe of why fucking Cyborg is amazing. Um, uh, we then cut to uh, Wonder Woman just looking at all this fucking just chaos happening. And clearly it's our first indications of the Justice League and all that. Uh, we then cut back to Lex Luthor uh, basically saying, hey, I have made something that will definitely be able to take care of my Superman problem. Well, this, this is where you get the, I don't lose. Yes. And the, you'll get used to it. Yes. Uh, and then as he finishes his little fucking uh, diatribe about how Superman is done for this time, we then get a big ass creature being birthed at this point. 
and we're not sure what it is. And then uh, Lex Luthor is like, this is your doomsday. And then we just start this whole sequence of... Dun, dun, dun. The only thing I would change about this is just slightly alter the look of doomsday. Just a little bit. So by the time we get to the final aspect of what doomsday looks like, it looks a little bit more closer to the comics. Because we get like... Uh, the doomsday we get first off is just before all the bone shards pop up. And then, because yeah. as they are attacking, and we'll go through this real quick, because it's just generic, just like a monster being attacked by Superman, shit like that. But as they're attacking him, they're able to best him at certain points, and whenever he is defeated, he then recharges and then soups himself back up and releases like a big pocket of energy, uh, thus destroying certain amounts of feet around him. Uh, but whenever that does happen, bone spurs start to fucking... Uh, uh, pop up all around him, and he starts. That's not until after he gets nuked, though. I thought it was each time. No, like it, it happens more after the nuke. But I, I thought after no, each time, the first time that bone shards start coming up is after the nuke, mm-hmm. after he lands on uh, Rikers. Okay, island. Um, but yeah, uh, Superman's trying to take care of him. He ends up pushing him out into space. The uh, our well, the go- first thing Doomsday does is try to kill. Lex. Lex. Yes. Uh, and there's this really awesome shot of Doomsday about to punch Lex, and Superman just straight up stops him. No struggle whatsoever, just bam, stops him right away. And it's just an awesome shot of just Superman straight out, the fist is in the frame, and just Superman stopping with Lex just shortly behind him. Um, and then just all hell breaks loose. Uh, Doomsday jumps out of the fucking spaceship, throws, I think, Superman uh, just... Out of the fucking yeah. Way. There's there's a short fight scene, and Superman ends up starting to punch him into space. Mm-hmm. They get high enough up, and they decide to nuke them because it's high enough that it won't damage anything, kill anyone in Metropolis. And this is also something from the Dark Knight Returns. In the Dark Knight Returns, they figure out a way to take out Superman. I believe, if I remember correctly, and it's a similar scene where whenever it happens. Or maybe it is Doomsday. Yeah, it's Doomsday. It's not. It, it's it's a similar setup in uh, the Doomsday comic of yeah. the death of Superman comic. Um, there, Superman ends up punching uh, Doomsday up into the uh, atmosphere, out into outer space. They figure that they can just fire a nuke. It happens very similar in the comics to what happens here. Uh, temporarily takes out Doomsday. He comes crashing back down to Earth. Uh, Superman stays up into the like stratosphere of Earth, just emaciated looking, just yeah, near skin and bones. Um, basically a corpse. Yes. Uh, Doomsday crashes back down to Earth, and we see him start to like gestate more and like grow even more, and like his skin starts breaking apart, and more skin uh, pops out with bone the bone, bone shards, shards and whatnot. And he, he's looking a bit more like the Doomsday we've seen in the comics before. Um, Superman or Batman tries to lay waste to him a few times. Uh, it's not working, even to the point where Doomsday laser eyes uh, Superman or Batman's ship. The ship goes crashing down on the ground, and we get the best fucking introduction to a character to ever exist. So S- Batman's about to be taken out by Doomsday once again. He puts up his hands, and then a character jumps into frame. Uh, we're not sure who, as the lasers hit this uh, character that jumped into frame. Uh, we then, all the laser eye bullshit stops, and we then cut to Wonder Woman with her hands crossed in the 
greatest fucking cello strums to ever fucking exist. The whole just this fucking amazing Wonder Woman theme starts playing as we see fucking Gal Gadot in full fucking uh, Wonder Woman garb and just looking like a fucking badass. I really fucking enjoy uh, this introduction to Wonder Woman. Uh, we don't get much in the of Wonder Woman in this movie except for this last like 15 minutes of this fight scene. But she's laying waste um, to Doomsday left, right, and center, taking out Doomsday's uh, leg with a... Not just, like, eliminating it, just, like, slicing it. Doomsday goes down, uh, reeling from the, uh, the slice of the sword and shit. He starts uh, punching her. And she does this interesting thing. Uh, during the whole fight scene, uh, after he pushes her into a wall, or I think it slams her into the ground, uh, he then tries to deal with... Uh, uh, like picking up a rock or something to look at to like smash her or something. I can't remember exactly what happens. Um, but she's reeling from the pain of it, and then she looks at Doomsday and smirks, and then goes back into the fight. I'm like, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, because canonically she's a uh, Amazon. Yeah, she's and an they Amazon enjoy goddess. battle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, all right, this is this is pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Uh, we then cut back to the stratosphere and we have Superman just slowly regaining his ability and coming back to life because of Ye- Earth's yellow sun. Um, he fully wakes up and then enters back into the fight. And it's just, it's Batman trying to figure out some manner to take out uh, Doomsday. And then you have Superman. He does more dodging than anything right. in the fight. Uh, we get this iconic shot of Superman grappling to the like this corner of the building Doomsday is about to fire at him. He sees it, quickly removes, lightning strikes. It is a cover fucking photo of the goddamn Dark Knight Returns. Of lightning striking in the background, Batman on the corner of a fucking building about to grapple off to somewhere else. It is a fucking iconic scene, and we get it in this movie. This is one of the aspects I really love about this movie. We get little moments like this throughout the entire movie. Um... Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman are trying to lay waste to Doomsday. It's not working... He's able to fucking uh, best them at every turn. Batman then figures out, oh, uh, the best chance of uh, destroying Doomsday is that spear. And earlier we saw that Lois Lane... Well, he already decided that. That's before Wonder Woman was around. Mm-hmm. He starts firing him on Riker's, on Riker's Island, trying to pull him back to where the spear was left. Okay. And um, she even asks why uh, he brought her, or he brought this creature back to the city. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the docks, it's all abandoned. There's something here that There's can something kill. here that can kill it. Uh, we see Lois Lane trying to get to the spear that she had dropped in the water. And I always thought that we were going to get like a little, small little glimpse of, of Aquaman. A- Aquaman. It seemed like they were setting that up for Aquaman. Uh, but no Aquaman. We just see Lois diving into the water, trying to get the spear that she dropped into the water. Um, and then more of the building comes down around her. She's trapped in the water. Uh, Superman hears that she's trapped uh, and then basically goes and rescues her. And as she does, as he lifts her up out of the water, he's like, look, or she's like, look, we need to get that spear. It's the only way we can stop this creature. And Superman uh, is able to lift the spear up very weakly, throw it out into the open, and then just sees the mass chaos between. Well, no, he doesn't. Between Wonder Woman and... Uh, he doesn't throw it. She does. Like, he opens the the place, the little pool that she threw it in, mm-hmm. goes down and gets it, 
But then she pulls him out of the water and grabs the spear and just like wings it off. And then he recovers. Okay. I, I Someone threw the spear away. Well, from right, the right, right. But she, <laughs> she's drowning. He saves her. Right. He jumps in the water, starts drowning because he's just a mortal man. Yeah. Okay. Because he's basically I just he wasn't able to. Get he basically off. stops breathing. Okay. Until she grabs the spear and, and wings it, it up. a okay. certain number of feet away from mm. him, to where and it's then safe. He, and then he. <gasps> okay. <laughs> yes. Um. He's uh, reeling from all that, and he sees the chaos of Wonder Woman and Batman dodging the attacks of Doomsday. Because we have to remember, Batman still a human. Um. He sees all this chaos happening, and he comes to the realization he's got to make a last stand. And the only way he can do that is by taking the spear. He's the only one that will be able to do it and driving the spear into Doomsday's heart. And Lois Lane is like, no, you can't. You're, it'll make you too weak. You can't do this. And he's like, look, I have no other choice. Uh, as that decision is made, we see Wonder Woman slice off part of Doomsday's arm, like a, where the wrist is, and just slices it off. Uh, and what grows in its place is just like this bone. One giant bone shard. Yes. It just with a point and everything. Um, uh, he's still attacking Wonder Woman. Batman still dodging. Superman then quickly grabs, or uh, as quickly as he can, being he's close to the spear, grabs it and then just slowly starts making his way, like flying very low to the ground. Slowly starts making his way and then starts picking up speed and picking up speed and he's mustering all the strength as he's do- doing it. He's wavering a bit. Right, and you see. Wonder Woman lasso, lasso. Uh, Doomsday to keep him in place. And then right before the spear hits, you see Batman use his last fucking kryptonite grenade on him. Um, on Shoot, Doomsday. Shoots him right in the face. Yes. Uh, as that happens. Batman, really good aim in this movie. <laughs> right. As that happens, we then see Superman just ram the spear right into Doomsday's fucking chest. Right into his heart. Doomsday reels from the attack. And uh, right before he dies, he sees Superman. And then just pummels the fucking bone spike into Superman's chest. Superman fucking reels from that attack. They're both, uh, uh, I guess, bone spur into Superman, spear into Doomsday. Uh, two titans battling against each other, killing each other in the same fucking moment. And then we see Superman grab Doomsday's like stump of an arm and push the spear more into him. As, or has pushed this bone spur more into him as he pushes the spear deeper into Doomsday. Basically... Straight through his back. Uh, yeah, straight through his back. Basically killing himself even more to make sure that Doomsday fucking dies. It is a brilliant fucking like little moment that we get with Superman. Um, and then as that happens, they both fucking fall to the ground. Both are dead at this point. Um, and we see... Uh, Wonder Woman and Batman slowly lower uh, Superman's body to the ground as Lois comes up and is uh, crying at the fact that the love of her life is dead at this point. Um, and then we just get a series of quick scenes of the of the world reeling and uh, coming to terms with the Doomsday Machine and Lex Luthor being behind it and all that. Um, and the death of Superman. And then uh, Clark and, and the his death fan. of Clark Kent. Right. Um, there are, I would say, I wouldn't say there were more people at Superman's funeral. There were Clark Kent. There were more important people at Clark Kent's funeral. 
Well, there was a ton of people at Superman's funeral. Right. The, the entire that world. mattered. Right. But. And uh, we even get this, like, nice little scene between Wonder Woman and Batman. And they know that Standing Clark, away from. Standing away from where Lois is. Because she's just standing at Clark's grave, just looking down at it, the casket at this point. This is after he gets the, like, Scottish funeral with the bagpipes and everything. Well, and, uh, and there's even a scene with Ma Kent where, like, oh, I've got to go back to the... I need a ride back to the house. Mm, got to get my checkbook. I got to get my checkbook. I for, or I got to pay for this. And the guy's like, no, it's been taken care mm. of. By who? Uh, somebody anonymous. We don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, presumably by... Batman. Bruce Wayne. He's able to take care of the funeral. Um, we get this nice little scene between Wonder Woman and Batman where uh, Batman's like, there's nobody in the coffin back in Metropolis. And Wonder Woman's like, they're trying to honor him as best as they can. Um, and then we get Batman saying, I failed him. I, I, I failed I him. I failed him in life. Yes. And it's just a nice little realization of the Batman that we knew at the beginning of the movie. It's not the same Batman we get right. at the end of this movie. I shouldn't fail him in his death. Right. Uh, it's a nice the little realization that Batman has, knowing that... And he even he even says to her, like, we need to get these other people mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Um, she's, why? And he's like, oh, just a feeling, a feeling that I, I have. have. Um, and as that happens, uh, we see Lois toss uh, some dirt onto Clark's uh, uh, coffin. It holds on the dirt for a bit. And before we cut to black... Well, you, the- you also have a few more scenes... Um, Whenever they, oh, that's right. yeah. the police storm the ship, oh, yeah, yeah. they find Lex in the Genesis chamber looking at somebody with like uh, four black boxes in front of him and like this menacing, like spiky looking character. It's Steppenwolf that Lex mm. is talking to at this point. Um, uh, the SWAT team takes Lex into custody and this is where we get all the scenes of like everyone blaming Lex for everything that fucking happened. Lex is being taken into... Uh, like Metropolis Jail, he's having his head shaved, and we get the iconic Lex Luthor bald type look. Um, and before we get to the coffin on the dirt, or the dirt on a coffin scene, uh, we get uh, this other scene that's Batman part of the interrogating, uh, interrogating Lex Luthor, and Lex is basically indicating like something is coming. Something big is coming. Well, and there's another scene where he's like, oh, did you hear? I'm too crazy to stand trial. Mm. Like, I'm going to get away with this all. And Batman's like, no, it's okay. I pulled some strings. You're going to Arkham Arkham Asylum. And uh, Lex is like, no, I can't fucking go there. Because Batman's like, look, I've got a few friends there that would love to meet you. Um, And then Lex, uh, yeah, like I said, indicates that something big is coming. You can't stop it. He's like... It's too late. I already did it. The mm. bell's already been rung. Yes. And then you get ding dong, ding dong, ding dong um, of him looking like a no. He, we get, broken, crazy person. He, he, before Batman smashes the wall, he's like, ding dong, the bell's already been rung. And then Batman smashes the wall with the little uh, brand thing. And then he yells at Batman. He's like, nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do. Ding, 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 ding. Ding 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 ding. It's the sound he's the sound he's yeah, making he's, is the sound in the onomatopoeia of a boom tube opening. Right. Um, which is fucking just. I found that aspect to be, I don't know, somewhat interesting. We get boom tubes in the Justice League movie a little bit, and I think we're in the Zack Snyder cut. We're gonna get them all fucking lot. 
Well, it would make sense. With the sod and Steppenwolf coming in, and then uh, Darkseid. We're definitely getting Darkseid in that Zack Snyder uh, Justice League, because we've seen him in the Justice League Zack Snyder version trailer that we got, like, fucking months ago. Um, but then, uh, as uh, Lex does all that, we then cut to uh, Lois Lane dropping dirt on the coffin. Uh, this is her way of saying goodbye, being the first to drop the dirt on the coffin that buries the love of her life. Uh, we cut to inside the, the hole where the dirt was thrown, and then just before it cuts to black, the dirt raises just a little bit, and then boom, directed by Zack Snyder. And that's the movie. Yep. Um, it's a movie that, like I said at the beginning, it's very fucking divisive. Uh, depending on who you talk to, really fucking hates it. Or really fucking likes it. I'm more of the in between. There, are, like I said, there ninety five percent of this movie I really enjoy. There's there's a lot of good in this movie, but then the bad. Well, a lot of good with the ultimate cut. Right. That theatrical cut. There's like a good the like theatrical 30, cut 40 minutes was cut. fucking awful. Yes, there are, there are, there are literal scenes that set up something that that just never get paid off. Right. Or which get paid off get, very fucking. Which little. you get in the ultimate cut. Right. Uh, this movie, what is it? On Rotten Tomatoes, this movie got a 28% critic score and a 62% audience score. Wow. So, sounds about right. Critics fucking hated this movie yeah. when it came out. Audiences, it's about in that 50-50 range, depending on who you're talking to. Um, as we said last week, this movie should have been a billion dollar moneymaker. And yeah. it just wasn't. I think it made what the budget was 250 million. Opening weekend made 166 million. Uh, domestically, it made 330.1 million. Internationally, 344 million. Altogether, that makes 874. Point, oh no, just 874 million dollars altogether. This movie should have been an easy billion dollars, yep. or even just under, just maybe 999 million dollars but it should have been well over a billion dollars it wasn't it was a middle range 800 dollars or 800 million dollars so i don't understand some of the decisions that were made in this movie like the martha thing i think if you had anything else other than martha this movie would have made over a billion dollars but whenever people there would have been a a rewatchability if the Mm -hmm. Theatrical cut was not. I think that Martha thing is so fucking detrimental to this goddamn movie. It is unbelievable. It's like someone just wasn't thinking. I don't know what the decision was. Basically, be like, well, his mother's named Martha, and his mother's named Martha. This needs to be in the movie, guys. Yeah. It just makes no sense. Um, Next movie we're gonna be talking about is Suicide Squad, and you. Depending on uh, who you talk to, it goes from worse to even worse. I've seen some people argue in favor of this movie, and I'm just like, you're a crazy person. Because there is the only good aspect about this movie is Harley Quinn. That's it. Like, Killer Croc has done poorly. Fucking Slipknot done poorly. Fucking uh, uh, Enchantress done just shittily. Um, Joker, fucking shut your mouth. Just shut your fucking mouth. The way that this Joker turns out, I... Like the beginning of it, but how it progresses into the Joker we have throughout the rest of the movie. Like, the beginning part of Harley being introduced to the Joker and all that, and him turning her, and he's like, I'm going to hurt you really, really badly. I like that. Until we get to the club scene, 
uh, of him intimidating um, Common. Because uh, Common's looking at Harley Quinn. From that point on, I fucking can't stand the Joker at fucking all. Um, but we'll get into all that next week. Next week. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I got for this week. And that's all I've got. Make sure to comment, like, subscribe. Uh, send us a voice message. Tell us what you think about the movies. Tell us if you think there's a movie we should cover. Mm. Uh, just, you know, get at us. Yep. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nerdinian or Nerdin, depending on who you fucking, how you want to pronounce it. And follow me on Instagram and Twitter at that wanker. And remember, hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it, then you'll never make it through the night. Mm.